What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast. I have quite a few people here with me right now. Now, Philip said he was having some internet issues currently. His internet's running kind of slow, so he may join us later if they get it worked out. But for now, I'm joined with Max from Dreamcast Guy as usual now. He's kind of become a regular. Mm -hmm. Always happy to be back. You have the best chat in the business. Yeah. <laughs> how's, uh, how's everything, Max? Uh, good, good week? <laughs> uh, bad, bad week, but uh, happy to be here and happy to talk games. Okay, very good, very good. Evan, how's everything going there? All right, I mean, still working on uh, more video ideas for our channel, and just going from there, since I cracked into the chest of all my fighting games since we started building those cheap fight sticks. Which those arcade sticks. Yeah, do you, do you have yours near you right now? I got, well, I don't have the long one near me. I have the new one. You have a new one? You build another one? Yeah, the one out of the different parts oh, that we actually built it out had. Of that box. Yeah. <laughs> super fun, super fun. Yeah, that's a cardboard box I gave him, and he built an <laughs> arcade stick out of it. We were building arcade sticks out of stuff because some, uh, some website in China sent us a bunch of parts, so we've been building them <laughs> just for fun. And the other one I think you built out of a crackers box, right? Yep, that one has the uh, the more solid, harder to hit buttons. I actually really like these smaller ones because it's just so much more responsive. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then uh, of course Dave from Super Metal Dave sixty four is here. How's how are things? Fantastic, I'm doing great. Yeah, you had a long day today, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try try living in San Diego and traveling down to Comic Con today. It's on a Saturday. It's really crazy. People yeah, all, all over the place. You were yeah. all over San Diego Comic Con today, right? I saw some of those pictures. You meeting some of the cosplayers that were like dressed up as like Ray and R two D two and everything. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think that R two D two may have been sent by somebody official because it was like the real thing, like totally it had the, he was he was walking he was moving around making his sounds and everything. It was just just like the movie, but who knows? <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's pretty cool. But uh, you got to play all kinds of stuff while you're there too. Stuff that's not out yet, right? I was hoping. See, Philip, like I said before, is having some internet issues. I was hoping he'd be on here because you both played Skyrim actually on the Switch. Yeah, he played it a couple of days ago early, uh, and uh, today it was open to the public if you were lucky enough to even get in there. <laughs> but uh, I was able to play uh, Skyrim on the Switch in portable mode uh, with the motion control and without it and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we can talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Did they, they didn't they didn't have anything in, in like docked mode, did they? Or was it all just not portable? not that I was uh, not that I was aware of, but uh, yeah, it was all it was it was in portable mode. Um, but uh, it was really good. It was extremely good. Um, if you guys saw Philip's video, obviously you did. Um, he shared this that, that sentiment as well. Yeah, dude, his but, um his video. I wanted him on here too because his video went like viral, and uh, uh, he called Bethesda actually um, tweeted out about it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, they they uh, they tagged him on their tweet and said, "Hey, check out Philip's video." So yeah, he has like a hundred thousand views. So good job, yeah. Philip. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was hoping to be on it because you you guys played it for a bit. It looked like the loading times were actually decent too; like they weren't bad. <clears throat> no, it was really good. I was I was actually really surprised. Um, I think it's one of the best looking games on the Switch so far, besides like Zelda. Uh, honestly, yeah. I was extremely impressed. Yeah, because it um it it barely ran on the 360, right? Like it ran. Yeah. We're talking like 15 frames per second at times. Like it wasn't good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They fixed they fixed a lot of things on the Switch. Obviously, it has more RAM than the 360. I think 360 had at 512, right? Yep. Total yep. RAM. We got four gigs or so, whatever, with the Switch, and so there's there's a lot less texture popping. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, lot faster loading times. The frame rate is like locked at 30 frames per second in portable mode. I think in I haven't seen the dock mode, but I think it runs faster in dock mode and 1080p. I, but don't quote me on that. Sure, um, sure, yeah. But I believe, it, of course, it's native rests in portable mode, 720p. But it looks really good. So it's like it's basically 
you're playing Skyrim right there in front of you in your hand. So the, just that fact of it is awesome. It's really good. If you're if you like Skyrim, you'll you'll be right at home. It's amazing. See, that, that's dangerous because then it can, like I said, it can follow you around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if Skyrim could follow you, like back when it came out on the 360, man, if that 360 could follow me around, I would have been in trouble. Like <laughs> yeah. I would have got nothing done because that game like took me over for a while. Um, yeah. Evan, it's funny because Evan didn't really like Skyrim that much. Uh, yeah, didn't really get into it. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, I liked it, but um, there were so many glitches with the game when it first came out on PC. Like also, and they you had a really powerful PC. Mm-hmm. You know how Bethesda is notoriously known for their um, under-optimized games. You know, and just <laughs> having bad performance. So yeah, but this game, it's been out for quite a while, so they've they've tuned it. It like it runs really good on the Switch. So obviously, they took a lot of time in getting it to run. And um, it really shows too because it's it loads really fast and it runs really smooth. There's no screen tearing. Um, the lighting looks like it's been redone to match the remastered version of the game for PS4. Interesting. I was going to ask you if you noticed that at all because we, yeah. we, everyone, the biggest controversy right now, or I guess debate, is is this the special edition version minus the mods, obviously? So it has like the the better lighting and things like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Nobody told me anything particular. Like, hey, this is the remastered version, but it looks like it because the lighting how they redid the lighting, how some of the the, the uh, grays have been replaced with more orange like hues from the sun, things like that. It looks, looks more like that and not the 360 version where it's all gray. Like yeah. if you compare the early, the, that game with the PC version to the vanilla version, it's very gray looking in some places. So this version looks a lot more colorful and vibrant. You can tell, and uh, so some of the, uh, the way the landscape looks, it's been kind of re- I don't know, say reformatted a little bit. So I think it is the remastered version, but I'm, don't quote me on that, of course. Nobody told me that, but it looks like it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's impressive because I think the three or the Xbox One and the PS4 version of the Special Edition, I think that runs at 30 frames also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that might have more to do with the CPU than the GPU in that case because, of course, Beth- Bethesda Skyrim is, like, super janky at times. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. And and I and the motion control aspect of it, you know, I didn't. I'm not particularly a fan of motion controls anymore. Particularly, they're not for me to do this kind of stuff with my shield and sword. But it worked, and it worked good. But um, so if you are a fan of motion controls, I think you'll enjoy that. But I think it's kind of similar to what Philip said. It's kind of like a you know, try it out, see if you like it. I don't think personally, I would be be playing it that way for a very long amount of time. You're going to be focused on not being distracted by your hands, but just focus on the gameplay itself. Right, but you know, the option, the options there at least, you know, options like, there. Yeah, that, that that sometimes that's all people want is are options. Obviously, and it does, mm-hmm, and it does work. And I think in docked mode, I think it'd be a lot funner if you're laying down on the couch, you know, sprawled out with your hands out and just relax. That would work yeah. pretty good. Motion controls in tabletop mode are always weird because the screen just feels too small to be waving your hands around in front of it. I don't know if that's just me. Um, yeah, but exactly. motion, yeah, motion controls on a big screen make I think a lot more sense. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. So yeah, it wasn't a very good atmosphere to tr- test that out anyway, because there's so many like millions of people around you. So it's like yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm inter- interested to play it at at home, you know, like and see the whole the whole the whole thing. And as far as when it comes out, the rumor is, as we heard, it's November 28th. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's really for sure or not, but that's been going around the why uh, the wires. I mean, late November isn't bad for that game to come out because I mean a lot of times Nintendo doesn't have a ton coming out in December, and that would kind of almost fall into December a little bit at mm-hmm. that point. Um, the first week sales obviously would fall into December, so not a bad release I think for Nintendo to have right there. Um, I guess Xenoblade Two will be around there somewhere too, so that's yeah, not I think that, the, that's not bad to have. Chronicles X came out in December. 
on, on Wii U in 2015. So yeah, I think it's it's fine. Yeah, if it's not not a bad not a bad spot for that for that to be. Good to hear that it's it's working. I think a lot of people <laughs> were were thinking uh, oh, the frame rate might be kind of bad or or something like that. It seems like Bethesda figured out the Switch's hardware and I didn't work. Yeah, I I didn't notice any drops really. I mean, I could be mistaken, but unless we have digital foundry, you know, comparison where it drops to like 29 frames per second, but it seemed like it was locked at 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it probably uh, has. It probably does have a dynamic resolution too. If you if you keep that in mind, there's a chance mm-hmm. that it, maybe they prioritize 30 frames over what they did with the 360, which was to keep a locked resolution and just you know screw the frame rate. If it drops 10 frames per second, it drops 10 frames per second. But, I mean, I mean, I was extremely impressed. Like, if you're a Switch owner, you gotta. I mean, you gotta seriously look at that game. It's really, really impressive. Well, good. Really I'm, glad, impressive. I'm glad they put the time into it too, because a lot of times you may see a company just not even care as much. Because Skyrim, I mean, it seems like they are trying to breathe as much life as they can out of Skyrim at this point, right, Max? Didn't yeah. you say like on in your rant video, more Skyrim, oh boy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they pull that thing as much as they can out of the closet. And this is coming from a guy who absolutely loves the game. I've beaten it completely, start to finish, three times, including all DLC. I even did a full <laughs> review of the remastered edition, and they're bringing it out again. It's kind of just like, man. I mean, I love this game, and even I'm kind of being like, oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah, just release it again, sure, yeah. Yeah, it seems like yeah. Bethesda is almost like looking at GTA Five, and it's like, we can do that. We just got to keep releasing the game over and over again. <laughs> Throw it back out there. Throw it out there again. All right, now new graphics pack. Throw it back out there. That's what I was saying the other week. Uh, GTA Five, man. I mean, that game keeps selling as was number three in MPD this month yeah. or in June. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah, I think I think. Uh, uh, PS4 had something to do with that, but you know, while we're while we're kind of talking about that, we can we can jump over to the MPD um, sales while we're, while we're talking about that. And uh, it was interesting. It was definitely PS4's month. Sony oh, yeah. did a lot though to make that happen. Though they dropped the pricing, they put out that gold PS4 with a one terabyte drive that sold really well. And for the most part, they're just keeping their the shelves stocked. A crash came out, but that came out later in the month, so I don't know how much of a of an effect that had. Well, what's really crazy is uh, they're thinking that Crash, actually, a lot of people are buying PlayStation 4s leading up to Crash, because Crash was the fourth best-selling game, I believe, in two days. Yep. It had and, two and, days, yep. and it outsold almost every other game that had the entire freaking month. Honestly, if it was $60, it may have topped the charts, because that's based on revenue, and yeah. it's a $40 game. Yeah. So there's a good chance it may have uh, topped the chart if it was a $6 game. Yeah. And th- that was those were remakes of the original three, correct? Yep. Full ground up, complete remake, yep. start to finish. They got the original like wiring, basically. They redid the physics a little bit, and it's it's fan freaking tastic. You can but, you can tell you can tell their remakes because all the people who reviewed it are just complaining about how it's too hard. Yeah, which which is like so I I review that I think I give it a nine point five because I loved it. I love the original so much and I've beaten them so many times. So coming back and seeing them even better would make. I did a full master file. I got every single gym, every single speed run through all three games. So. I ended up absolutely loving it. The people who are complaining it are wussies. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say they're not. They they probably either haven't been gaming for very long. Definitely not since the PS One. If if they think yeah. this is difficult all of a sudden, right? Or I mean, they or they've gotten used to the more casual nature of these types of games. Yeah, checkpoint every two minutes kind of thing, and <laughs> yeah. and, and regenerative health, and and if you fall off, it just kind of pulls you back up, kind of thing. You know, it's um, it's. I mean, that's how it was back in the in the 32 bit or 64 bit days i mean you fall off you die you go back that was it i don't think people remember how big crash was back in 1996 97 98 it was really big franchise i mean it was it sold a lot so i could see why fans really wanted to pick up that game they had some Um, awesome commercials too 
Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they had Crash go to like the, the Nintendo headquarters and like I, yell at him with a megaphone. <laughs> I've been wanting to do because uh, I do conventions occasionally, and I've wanted to do like a real a top ten at one of these conventions, like a top ten panel, and I wanted to count down some of the weirdest commercials. And I definitely got to talk about that one, the one where Crash drives up to actual Nintendo of America. Yeah. At like 5 a.m. and none of the employers are there, but he like gets to the parking lot. Hey Mario, you better quit. It's like what the hell? It was so good. <laughs> it was, it was great. There were some weird commercials. There was that one I showed for the Game Boy Advance where they put the mouse in the. Did you see that in the maze? Yeah. Um, yes. any, any, yeah. So there, there's so many weird commercials. The PS3 with the baby. The, yeah. the Yoshi. Oh, yeah. The Yoshi's Island one where the guy keeps eating and he explodes. The Sagata Sanchiro, like yeah, those are all like a Saturn. Wasn't it like the boardroom? (laughs) The very, very, very original commercial for Smash Brothers, where all the characters are skipping through a field, looking happy, and they start beating the hell out of each other. It's just like like, Mario or something. Yeah, (laughs) that was great. I loved it. It was um, they had that song, so happy together, playing when they were just beating Mm -hmm. each other up. It was great. I love that commercial. <laughs> yeah, that was um, crazy. Smash came out in 1999, and then Melee came out in 2001. Then yeah. it's been really a long time to wait between Smash Brothers games since then. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty quick. That was like back-to-back almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was uh, good times, good times. But yeah, so the MPD uh, shows that the PS4 is still very strong. In fact, that was their best month of June they've ever had which is interesting. Like in their whole history of selling the PS4, that was it. It was odd they didn't give us a specific number that I could find. Um, did you guys see any? I didn't. I couldn't find a number for it. Uh, I know a lot of companies don't generally disclose numbers, but I mean, I didn't see anything. The number that was leaked on, on NeoGAF was 382,000. And uh, okay. okay, I don't know if that was, I mean, they didn't say it was 100% legit, but they, they, they listed all the, all the sales numbers for Switch and PS4 the last since it launched. And they said it was pretty much from a legit place, but they wouldn't say what site it was. They're trying to hide, you know, where it came from. Yeah. So they say it was around three eighty-two thousand, give or take. So damn, that's, that's pretty that's high. Pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. But it was on uh, sale, like you said, and they had that gold version. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely did a lot to push it in a time that's usually slow. So it helped them be be the best June they've ever had. Because when you get into summer, sales for all this stuff tend to slow. I mean, everything everyone's on vacation. I mean, that's why we don't have any new TV usually either, because everyone's just, you know, on vacation. So summer tends to be a slower, like, two months. And, well, uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Have y'all noticed, and I was reading an article about this, that apparently almost all of Sony's money now is, like, a huge, huge chunk of what's keeping Sony alive right now is... Uh, the PlayStation Network. Apparently, like all their digital games are actually starting to surpass the sale of physical games by like a huge profit margin. Yeah. And I think that's because I'm sure we're all PS4 owners. They've been doing crazy back-to-back sales lately. It seems like right now, since this is the slow season and they know it, they've just been like, all right, Horizon Zero Dawn, half off. All right, uh, Kill Zone, two bucks. Uh, Shadow of Mordor, three bucks. And so they just rake in tons of money on old old games right now digitally. It's just, it's it's weird to see them boosting and ramping up sales so late in the console generation. Yeah, and they're strategy. being smart about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're being smart about it too because, because they are, um, they're not like Steam where Steam just gives you like 99% off <laughs> at once. Uh, they're being a little bit smarter than that, giving you like 35, 40% off at a time mm-hmm. and then staggering it throughout the year, maybe, you know, two or three huge sales and then sm- some smaller ones, not like Steam where they give you like a gigantic sale all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, um, 
go ahead. I'll say all sorts of different sales. Like there was the It Came From Japan sale where they did a bunch of RPGs and, and the Resident Evil games were on there. And then they had like the Konami sale and they ended up just giving away basically like uh, the Silent Hill one. You could buy the Silent Hill collection on PS3. You could get uh, Peace Walker. It's just, it was crazy. They keep just finding up like they're like inventing themes of like now all these weird like super specific games are basically free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's how you, I mean, you drive people in, get the mm-hmm. console sales, you get a certain level of people that own the system, and then you just hit them with all kinds of sales, and you just kind of sit back in, in a chair and just watch money kind of pile up in the in the office. Yep. Um, yeah, one thing I noticed, uh, guys, is that when I was at E3, even though even though Sony had, uh, you know, not a very good conference, and, and uh, the booth for Sony was jam-packed. Like, they had so many games on display, and um, the the all the people, I mean, not all of them, but a lot of people are in the Sony booth. And um, a lot of people are trying out Monster Hunter World, too. So I don't know if something like, about, you know, about that increased sales, because they increased sales for a PS4 in Japan as well, if you've noticed. It's been mm-hmm. going up and up and yep. up like, ever since they announced that game. Well, they're going into some big releases. Uh, Gundam came out. It didn't do as well as I, I think they would have wanted it to, but that definitely helped push systems. And then we're coming up on the really the big release in mm. Japan, which is Dragon Quest Eleven. I mean, that's gonna that's yeah. gonna push PS4s out the door like crazy. The other nice thing is they don't seem to have a stock issue in Japan like the Switch seems to, <laughs> where they, yeah. they just cannot get Switches out in time. Um, now we're I, I'm I think we're all going to be really interested in the media create. For this uh, this week coming up, that report because that's going to include at least one day of Splatoon 2, which is the big day, obviously, because what the eShop crashed the night it came out. I mean, that thing yeah. was down for like 10, 15 minutes, which is hilarious because I was trying to download the other game, Beast Boy or whatever it was called, Boy Beast or <laughs> I can't remember what's called. That I was game. trying to download that and it kept like crashing on me. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, eShop crashing is uh, is something that keeps happening um, for the last like five years with Nintendo. Like the Wii U, same thing happened every time they release a new game. Smash Brothers, uh, Mario Kart 8, you just you couldn't get on and download the game for like two hours. <laughs> I mean, I have to imagine Splatoon 2 might have been a million unit seller the day one. It's possible. Um, yeah, I mean, Japan is like in, in in love with that game. I mean, they they absolutely love that game. And there's how many? There's over a million Switches out there. So even if they had a uh, 50% attach rate, which I think would be very low, that's 500,000 yeah. sales right there in the first you know mm-hmm. day. <laughs> um, and uh, then, of course, here in the United States, I'm sure we bought quite a few Splatoon 2s. So I would... I think we may see that. We may see a million a million sales in the first day. We won't know everything. We'll just know what Media Create presents to, to us in Japan, but then we can kind of you know extrapolate a little bit over in the US. It's hard to predict. Like Splatoon 2 is one of those games where when it was coming up, I didn't see a ton about it. Like everybody was excited for it, but it was just like tiny murmuring. But at that midnight release, I saw so many people taking selfies standing outside GameStop. So like a crowd of people dressed as squid. So this could be a day one million seller, which honestly kind of shocks me. It impresses the heck out of me that like I didn't see a ton of marketing. I saw some like griping beforehand of how much of an improvement is this. But here we are day one and everybody's saying, are they a kid or a squid? Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, uh, Max, have you played it since it released? No, I've been already working on my next couple of reviews. So it's one of those games where it came out and I had to move on. It takes it takes like seconds to find a match now. Remember how before it came out, we were trying to play it and it took like five minutes to find a match sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Well, and if you were in the middle of the night, there was no matches because everybody's out of the office. I remember there was me and one other guy and I'm trying to remember his name. I think it might have been Bill. And we kept trying to find a match because he kept running into my match. And it was just us. I, I swear it was just us on. I think it was like, it was just us. So yeah, now it's like, 
rapid fire matches. You, you find matches so easily now, which is great. Before it came out, did you keep getting killed by Nintendo employees? All the people that were like Treehouse member 13 and Treehouse member 12, and they would just go in there and just decimate everybody on their own? I think I, think I, um, I, think I only ran into one of them one time, and I can't remember how it went. I could probably look in that app to see how it went. Um, oh. Evan might have run into a couple of them too, because Evan sat here for hours playing multiplayer when it came out, like the day it was announced or released to us. He played for days. I did run into IGN a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I ran into IGN, and I ran into to game explain all the time because their name is bit nerd gx and i just kept running into them but i i was surprised that i was able to kill them whereas when i run into them while they were on mario kart they were just mopping the floor with me <laughs> splatoon 2 is a different it's a different game see i'm used to a lot of the first person shooters like i'm a big halo fan mm -hmm. so after i got the hang of splatoon 2 it became easier so and then but then i realized even if i got 13 kills in the game we might still lose because i'm not covering i'm not inking territory so yeah. It's uh, it's a, it's an interesting game. It's definitely different than a lot of competitive games, but that's actually a good thing. So, um, I'm 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 happy with it. I still play it when I sit down occasionally, just because it's super fast to get into a match. But I understand, Max, you got to get on to the next review like right away. Yep. yep. The the infinite treadmill of a game reviewer. As soon as one game is beaten, you got to write the script and jump onto the next game. Hey, that was a very good job by Evan too on the review. Which one? Are you yeah. For Splatoon too. Yeah, Evan. You did, you did pretty good, Evan. What do you uh, actually? We, I guess we could tell people what you're working on now, since people actually seem to be interested in what you're working on now. Oh, what for? Which are we talking about? The you um, just did. A, you just did like a massive voiceover the other oh, day. Yeah, the, the history of the Dreamcast. History of the oh, Dreamcast, man. The yeah. executive, executive and business side of it. It was it was pretty cool to see that. So yeah, he did all of that. Um, but that Evan great. wants to get it to Evan wants to get into more like history stuff now. Uh -huh. Yeah, history stuff's always fun. I wanted to start doing the videos of the old fight games that really need a resurgence, just because you and I are both hyped about the Dragon Ball Fighter game coming out. Uh -huh. So awesome! Me too. The game looks yeah. legit. Yes, but you could probably do a whole yeah. history of the Dragon Ball fighting games, Evan. Yeah, we could go. <laughs> yeah. I could go over those, but I, there's so many others that I don't want to like miss out on because of all the functions in them, like PI match or melee, and. Um, mm -hmm like Rage of the Dragons and just how interesting some of the games that were based on other titles were that came out like Garo, Mark of the Wolf based on the whole King of the Fighter series. And it was so much smoother than those games anyway. Yeah. So well, whenever it comes to Dragon Ball games, I always like to tell people that we actually got a Dragon Ball game in America before the anime. And didn't they call it Cloud Boy? Like Cloud Boy. At the oh, first... oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Dragon Power, right? Yeah. The first ever on Dragon NES. Ball game actually came out, and they didn't even call it Dragon Ball in America. They were like, no one knows what the hell this is. Yeah. But if you look at it, it's Kid Goku on the front, yep. and it follows yep. the entire storyline like to a T yep. of Dragon Ball. It's well, really funny. There's a bunch of Nimbus levels that kind of remind me of the NES Captain America game a lot. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, But they were like, oh, no one knows what this is. Just whatever. But it, yeah, it was really funny. In fact, they um they so in the scene where Master Roshi needs to get it, it's um there's a scene where Bulma gives Master Roshi her underwear mm -hmm. in exchange for information, and instead they flip the sprite over and call it a sandwich in that game, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, if if anyone plays it, you get it, I guess an emulator or whatever and play it. But yeah, that's it's it's very difficult too. By the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. But um, I mean, there's a lot of Dragon Ball games. A lot of people didn't play that were only in Japan. There's like Super Batoden one, two, and three, mm -hmm. which were all on the Super Nintendo, and they're all fighting games. There was they're actually all one really of them. Really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they they're, are. I used to play the, the one on the. 
the hyper dimension Go games. Back. Hi, yeah, hyper dimension was. Yeah, the hyper, my friend actually uh, used to emulate. The first game I ever played on emulator was that. We used to get an emulator that lets you play games uh, over the internet, and we used to like in school we like hack the computers to play emulators. We used to be in computer class beating each other up as Goku, like silently hammering keys to power up. We used to play Counter-Strike, I think is what we'd always play. Counter-Strike yeah. and Quake, I think. But yeah, because we, we made it so you could load it off of a USB stick back then. Yeah, well, we, um, had, we had zip drives, so we'd make everything self loadable yeah. zip drives. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah we, we thought we were awesome back then. Um, <laughs> Elite, Elite you, had, like, you had like Super Vuitton series, you had, like you said, Hyper Dimensions, which was really cool. And then there were even uh, Famicom Dragon Ball games where you actually did the entire card-based system, like from the um, Legend of the Super Saiyan. They had three of those on the Famicom as well. Um, I think one of those was planned to eradicate the Saiyans also. Mm. My so. friend got the, the first uh, the first one to come out on the PlayStation, and it's only in Japan. It's a fighting game, but it's really heavily an RPG, and it actually had... It was one of those ones where the sprites are, like, flat, but the oh, world is uh, 3D. That's, is that Ultimate Battle 22? Yeah. Or no, no. no. Uh, it it was the one where you, you could do three on three, and there would actually be multiple people per team. That's, it was, uh, that's, that's Legends, I believe. Yes, and it was just, it was so crazy to see this game. That was like one of the first like Japanese import physical games. Like he had to get a modded PlayStation, but he was just such a DBZ fanatic. I used to sit there and just watch, and they'd have these long <laughs> speeches between matches, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I love every second of it. Yeah, I actually had a friend who had a Saturn, and he got it on the Saturn. Because um, that yeah, was actually yeah. that released on the Saturn also. Um, but he did the same thing. He had to mod it, or he had to get a paperclip or something. It was a whole thing. Well, I don't know. I was yeah. like... I was I was very young at the time, but yeah. you, can, you can use a, a, a basically the, the equivalent of the Game Shark. If you get basically uh, the Sega Saturn's version of the Game Shark, what is it called? Uh, action Replay. If you get an Action Replay, it lets uh, it accidentally bypasses the region check. So I play like the Japanese version of Grandia on my Saturn a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you guys would have been at Heaven in Comic Con, man. They had all kinds of Dragon Ball Z stuff there. Dragon Ball, oh, yeah. Dragon Ball Super. And uh, new figures they're showing on display, new toys. You know, it was just you. You, you guys would have been in heaven. <laughs> Dragon Ball's had a, had a had a minor resurgence recently, so it's, yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see. I mean, the fighters looks good. Um, they are re-releasing. Well, not really re-releasing, -re but they're releasing Xenoverse Two now as a portable game on the Switch. And then uh, of course the anime is going strong right now. Although yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah. of a lot it's of things really I don't good. like about it, it's still pretty good. So. Um, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of things to look at there, man. I would have loved to go to San Diego Comic Con. That'd have been so awesome. Maybe maybe next year, or maybe I'll go to the Philadelphia or Baltimore one at some point. But yeah, but was, that that new Dragon Ball game though, I mean, that looks like one of the best Dragon Ball games I've seen in a yeah, long time. And it's because of the nuance. I think when John and I were watching one of the uh, fights in it, wasn't it? I think it was Vegeta or someone like swatted an energy ball away and it hit a building in the background. Like the yeah. little details. Yep, the background got affected by it. Oh. It was so cool. I'm sure we've all now seen that video where they actually kept freezing it and actually putting the manga over yeah. it. And you can see that they 100% mirrored the manga for a couple of attacks. Man, it's just, it's so true to form. And isn't this, this is all being done by the Guilty Gear people. So these yep. are people yep. who are literally the kings of rapid fire combat. So it's just, man, I, I'm in 110%. In an, in an engine they're extremely used to. They've been yes. using it for like five or six titles now, and it's so smooth. And even their first iteration of a game on this engine was so smooth. Yeah, because when you, when you watch the show, you always say, I want to be able to, you know, I want to do that in a game, and now you can. That's yeah. amazing. 
There's this. Yeah, the, uh, the pros have said that it's really good too. Go ahead, Max. Yeah. Well, and that's what I saw. There was a video that I think Angry Joe did where there was like a professional uh, Guilty Gear player that was standing at the machine at E3 at one point, and Angry Joe walked up and just films them doing a couple of matches, and they are just both grinning ear to ear because it's just so easy to start figuring out combos. There's just such like a built-in logic. It looks like I, I'm really mm. excited because aren't they? They're doing an open beta before the end of the year, I think. So yes. I, I really want to freaking test it. It might end up being a closed beta. I don't know. It, it, these companies are so weird about their betas because they're more than happy to let you in if you pre-order the game. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. Or you throw in their email and just just hope. Um, did yeah. you play the Did you play the Destiny beta? I did. Yeah, I put several hours into it. Made a video about it. I didn't get a chance to play it yet. I know it's open right now. Um, did, yeah. did you get in the closed one or did you get in the open one? I did the closed one. I, oh, wow. I was going to pre-order. I, I ended up having uh, somebody from Bungie ended up emailing me a code, so I didn't even have to worry about pre-ordering it, thankfully. Oh, that's good. Yeah, did you see Best Buy is charging people for them? <laughs> I heard that, but I, I didn't read any of the specific details. I for, That's so weird. Like, did you have to buy the code, or you had to, like, buy the whole game, and then they sent you the I code? Think or the what idea was, the, was exactly? you had to pay. I don't know. It was weird. It was like it, people were saying pre-order they, thing. Yeah, that like I you think. you pay them, and then if you cancel it or something, it was weird. But yeah, they're trying to keep people from doing the the age old tactic of get the pre order code, then cancel your pre order. <laughs> oh yeah, which I know people were doing forever. That was a thing that was real big on Amazon originally, because Amazon before your card even started to get charged, you could just it would email you the code instantly. So people would like pre order a game and literally at the same time click cancel, but it already sent you the code. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. They they really need to stop making that an incentive for pre-orders because I think that yeah. I think it messes up the stores more than anyone, you know, because they're the ones ordering the game for people who are just not going to pick it up. And then we see things like Target donating stacks of Mass Effect Andromeda to Goodwill. Yep, yep. <laughs> Man, what a travesty that was. Yeah, that 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 whole thing turned out really badly. So it's especially um, now with Anthem looking very amazing. Good. <laughs> it looks good. It looks good. We'll see if it gets downgraded, like visually. But right now, from what we have to go on, it looks good. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. But okay, so let me. <laughs> did you did you get Splatoon two first off, Dave? Did you get it? No, no. I, I I'm gonna wait on that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So you haven't had a chance to try to use the live chat stuff with the Switch yet, have you? No, but I, I'm all I'm all you know. I'm watching all your videos, <laughs> yeah, man. Sure. I've seen You're it all. up to speed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up to speed, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll say you watched the you watched the video where Max and I were trying to use it. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard some my own personal hor uh, horror stories from, from some friends of mine too, which are does, haven't sounded too good either. So, yeah. it's like the hottest topic online right now is this voice app that Nintendo is pushing. We've known about it for a while, but it's almost like seeing it in action makes it that much more horrific. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's because it, I feel like I could have just called Max rather than do what we did, like on yeah. our phone. And I would have got the same experience, except I would have been able to turn my display off. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, is the thing. Or I could have just used Discord. I, there's just there's not a massive reason for me to use this voice app right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, well where do you begin? It's insane. Well, when, you, when you think about it, it's actually as weird as it is. If you really think about it, the game is better if you're not using their voice app. This is something I, I was thinking of after we did our video. Is Think about it. I could actually call you and we can make a team spawn wave and be playing with the play with friends option, which lets us play together in random matches and be talking that way and kind of break the balance because we can communicate. Whereas if we're using the actual app for voice chat, we get cut off from playing with random strangers. So it's like, are you encouraging me to go outside of your system to break your balance? I, it's so confusing. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure what their thought process. I don't think anybody does. I mean, we're all trying to like throw speculations <laughs> everywhere just to try to make sense of what's going on. And it's possible that it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the weirdest thing I've Evan, did you see, you saw the video, right? You didn't yeah. use the voice app at all because nah. it wasn't out when you were reviewing the game? I was already pretty sure it wasn't going to be that great. And seeing <laughs> you guys have as much of an issue with it as you did. Yeah, it's it's not at all interesting. And at this point, I'm just hoping either Nintendo has plans to eventually move it to the handheld or Discord actually figures something out and like kicks down the door and just puts something on the app. Yes, Discord has actually been talking about possibly putting a Nintendo app out there. That would be great. Um, and that would be interesting, especially if they could figure out a way to have it just run in the background, like how the Vita runs Skype, for example, in the background. What if mm -hmm. you could run Discord in the background on the Switch? Like that would be that. That's it right there, right? That that's all there is to it. Then you don't need the app. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, and it, it seems like something that it would revolutionize the Switch, and it's so weird to think that another third party has to handle that for them. Yeah, and like I, we were sitting here. Um, Evan was when we were doing multiplayer, and the entire time, Evan, you were like talking to the screen, trying to tell people what to do, <laughs> and and it's like in my mind, I'm like, just plug the headset in, Evan, you know, because I'm used to like the mm -hmm. Xbox One when I'm playing, because I've been playing a lot of Halo Three recently, getting ready for um them to make it go backwards compatible, and uh, in my mind, I'm like, Evan, just plug in the headset, man, you can just talk to people, and I'm like, oh wait. No, never mind. You can't do that because <laughs> Splatoon 2 needs communication, especially now that there are you're getting different people every match now. Like mm -hmm. that game needs communication so badly. Otherwise, we all end up in one spot trying to ink a certain place. And then mm -hmm. all the way on the other side, the entire half, I'll press X to look at the map. One side, except for the little part we're all surrounded around. <laughs> So it's yeah, um, it's interesting. Back in what February, Reggie went on record and said it's going to be an elegant, you know, uh, solution. It's yeah. going to be convenient. <laughs> yeah, and and then but everyone was thinking, well, no, this this can't be it, right, Reggie? I mean, you're you're kidding, right? This can't be it. And I expressed my concerns back then, obviously in some videos, and now I'm just laughing at it because I can't. I mean, this is like almost like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like they really released it this way. <laughs> well, what I was hoping when they first talked about it, 100% what I was hoping is that it'd be a thing that I installed on my phone and then it would unlock an option in my actual console. I was hoping that I like basically was putting in yeah. like that. I promise I'm a big boy with a headset, but everything would still be plugged into the console. I never would have imagined that it'd be like, okay, plug everything into your phone and then separately turn on your console and then press a button in the game and then a button on your phone and then see. It's like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's weird it's just like there's so many steps to go through just to make it work for what is essentially in splatoon 2 like a four minute match or something like that yeah jesus like and, and you yeah, said all the work uh, to go through yeah max uh, you said you, your battery drained in like an hour or how, how quick yeah, did it go well so yeah what i what i ended up doing is i had this little tripod thing here and so i i put my my whole setup on this that way i could try and watch the screen and do everything on this while i was also playing my uh, my splatoon copy and my phone ended up dying in about an hour because i'm basically cranking out solid wi-fi connection at the same time as it's tracking stats and everything so within an hour i had low battery alerts coming on it's like cool i'm really glad i did this with my time yeah you, you saw that i had off. to like i had to plug it in i had to plug in mine just to make sure yeah. i have a nexus 5 yeah. i had to make sure <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's interesting. Also, the the switch seems to drain very quickly with Splatoon too. I think that game pulls the most battery when you're playing online. 
Yeah, um, I mean, which is isn't a, isn't a surprise. I used to play a lot of Vita games online. I was really big into like the competitive scene with the PSP and the PS Vita. I'm not the one person in the world who's ever said that, and it used to drain <laughs> in like 20 minutes. I used to play a lot of uh, Fantasy Star Online. There was a Fantasy Star Portable. And my friend and I used to play it. We both had to sit like in the corner of a room, both plugged into the wall, like basically sitting next to the outlets to play more than 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably would have wished you could have plugged it into the TV like you with the Switch, huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> that Man, they, that should be a game that should show up on the Switch as Fantasy Star. Man. I, I've seen people say, actually, yeah. in your chat, people were saying that a lot uh, last week or the week before when we were talking about games we want to see on the Switch. There were a bunch of people, and I, I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, Nintendo's worked with the Fantasy Star team before. It'd be nice to see them all come back together. Mm, that could be interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah, Splatoon 2, I think lasts anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours on battery when you're playing online from what I'm seeing online with everybody mm -hmm. talking about it. I can attest it does drain fairly quickly. You basically either need to be near an outlet or have a battery bank or the, a battery case of some kind that we're starting to see show up now attached mm -hmm. to it. That's that's kind of where we are with that. I, uh, I will say it does seem like for single player, it does work for about four or five hours because there was one point where I was uh, I just was uh, babysitting my dog. My dog was feeling a little bit bad, so I had him in my room and I put it in handheld mode while I was just finishing the story mode and it was fine. Like I managed to play for... I mean, it seemed like basically all night. So even though uh, multiplayer is a big time suck, at least you know, all right, if I'm stuck on a train and I'm not worried about being mugged, I can at least do a couple <laughs> levels. I have a feeling it has a lot to do with the Wi-Fi and the data being sent yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Really, I think I think damages the uh, the battery. Um, and of course, I play on like max brightness, so that doesn't help either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. There's some hilarious pictures going, uh, floating around out there for, for all the memes for this thing too. It's oh, just yeah. you gotta have a good laugh at it right at this point. It was gonna be the easiest thing to meme right now. I mean, that's it. You know, you could basically draw somebody with like a hundred wires on them and just in, <laughs> and slap the, any kind of joke you want on any kind of subtitle on it. And um, there are some good ones. You're right. There was one I saw that you put up where it had like Goro trying to hold yeah. all the things, the forearms. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> there was someone put one of like. Uh, uh, the patent for the original uh, internet router, the first ever internet router built, and it's literally thousands of wires all interlaced in these perfect <laughs> grids. Like, all right, let's voice chat. So here's That's where I'm, I'm. Here's where I'm trying to figure out. Do you think Nintendo is going to feel any pressure from all of this backlash? I I don't. I think they're listening, I but I think they're going to move at the speed Nintendo moves. It's either going to get updated, or they'll cast it aside, or some amalgamation. It's weird. They keep saying that, yeah, we, we hear you, we hear you, and then we're just, we just keep waiting for something. <laughs> yeah, it, what's really funny is if you go back and look at Pro Jared's interview with Reggie, I looked at this today. When Reggie mm -hmm. mentions the phone app, you see Pro Jared kind of just like that. He kind of yeah. looks, looks at the camera and is like, wait, really? We're doing phone? Okay. Yeah. Like, it, it's almost anybody. Basically, said, it, it's, I don't even know how Nintendo says it in interviews without doing the same thing. It's just, it's very odd. And then um, now people are saying, well, you can use your tablet. Well, the fact that you have to use any other device next to your Switch is weird to me. I don't know. It's odd. Well, um, I especially realize that probably really hit Pro Jared. Pro Jared, for those uh, who don't know in chat, he is a huge Monster Hunter fanatic. And I know he's extremely excited for Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter uh, Double Cross. And if it comes down to the fact that he can play with friends and talk to them on one version but not the other, it's going to be pretty obvious where a lot of the fans are going to go. If they know, hey, if I want to play uh, Monster Hunter World and actually communicate, of course I'm going to choose the PS4 for my Monster Hunter experience. Mm -hmm. here's, here's my thought here. 
It's very interesting. Um, I have a, I've had a chat with a lot of people recently um, about this app because it was so fascinating to me and I think a lot of people. I was trying mm -hmm. to figure out reasons why Nintendo would do it, and I started to figure out. I talked to some people who have developed games in the past, and they, they told me that they can still build voice chat into a game even if it's not an OS-level thing as long as they design it in their game. And that's why we see certain things like on the DS, for example, where it had chat in certain games but not in the background. Like if you're you can't set up a room outside of a game and then kind of move from game to game, yep. which is interesting because that, that makes me think, I wonder if Nintendo is telling developers not to do that. Like don't put any kind of voice chat in your games. We want to make everything like completely dependent on this app. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that like, that's weird because definitely something like Monster Hunter Double Cross, I think any technical bottlenecks that people may have theories about being an issue are pretty much thrown out the window because that's essentially an upscaled uh, and kind of reskinned 3DS game. Yeah, and, I totally uh, agree. It should be possible, no matter what game you put on there, to do it through software. Yeah, well, I mean, like if it's designed in the game, yeah. What were we saying, Max? Uh, to take it back to the PSP for a second, a lot of PSP games, it was weird. So Sony ended up coming up with their own way to talk to people through the PSP. They actually made a Skype app that worked pretty well. You could just literally, once you signed in originally, it would be uh, saved on there. You just had like a call button, basically, and you could call people very easily. But then the games also individually ended up making their own way of uh, talking to other people. So if I was playing like, uh, I liked really, uh, what was it called, Siphon Filter? Dark Mirror was a great one to play online and they actually made it where when you first played it it said put in your online username and from then on all the voice chat was through it so it's definitely super possible even with minimal system specs so I, I definitely think that Nintendo is purposely telling people nah don't bother we got this bro yeah it's gonna be <laughs> interesting because I feel like their app is for Nintendo games only almost the way I'm looking at it right because it's Nintendo online I feel like they're not going to put third-party games in this. I mean, I might be wrong, but maybe a third-party developer says, well, we'll just put voice chat in ourselves. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, what, what's coming up? FIFA uh, has voice chat. Maybe they decide to try to add that in as, like, a, a game-level feature. Uh, wrestling, I think, has voice chat as well, generally online, um, as an, as an in-game thing. Basically, anything on the PS3 that had voice chat, they had to program it all into the, um, onto the game because the system itself was halved on RAM, so they had issues there. Any game you think of there, like wrestling I thought had voice chat there. I know certain shooters that were only on that system had voice chat, but any of those kind of games could have voice chat on the Switch just through the game itself. So I'll be curious. That's the big thing I'm curious about is, are we going to see games come out that have voice chat like built into the game and not dependent on the app that appears to mostly be for like Nintendo games? I mean, is it Mario Kart's getting added to it, I assume. Right? I assume that's getting added. Yeah, Maybe. well, ma <laughs> maybe I don't know. I, it's so hard to... The rollout of this app is so, so incomplete. I think they they managed to just barely cobble together enough code to make Splatoon 2 work, and they pushed it out the door. It just seems... It does not seem ready for launch. It's really weird, because I, I, I've been hearing some some horror stories, like I said. Uh, a, friend of, a friend of mine uh, was playing, playing Splatoon 2, and... He said on his phone, he has like a brand new Nokia, and um, if the app would crash every 10 minutes, and he, oh, wow. he, got, ba he got banned from Splatoon 2. Oh, oh <clears> so, yeah. Because you know how they ba it bans you for disconnecting, and it wasn't his fault at all. So he ended up calling Nintendo, 
and asking for a refund for the game because he said he, he just couldn't take it. He was trying to get games set up with friends. People kept calling him to kept trying to get set up, and it would kick him from the game. And then the game, then the app would just crash too. So it's like from player to player, there's different circumstances that mm-hmm. could be going wrong with the app too. We don't know about In that circumstance. He wanted a refund, and Nintendo gave it to him. I think the real frustration here is Splatoon 2 is a really good game, but mm-hmm. it, it has yeah. this this weird tacked on voice feature. It's like it's so close to being almost a perfect online competitive game for the Switch. It's just missing the voice chat because it's hard to be competitive when you don't have a way to communicate reliably to your teammates. Like it's yeah. so close, you know? Otherwise, you have to stay near your computer and use Discord or actually do a group call <laughs> on your phone. It- it um, makes me picture like Nintendo's dream esports event, and everyone is just silently sitting there playing their games, no talking, no communication. Reggie's like, "Perfect, all right, yeah. now put your phones down." <laughs> yeah, I, I think they what they what one? they should have done. I think what they should have done is release the game just like Splatoon One was, without voice chat at first, and and then really work on this app and get it tested more, and you know, get some feedback first, and um, then release it and have it function. You know, be able to minimize it, be able to do other things, multitask on your phone. And because right now it's like it's blocking you like every step of the way. It seems like it's blocking you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I, I don't I don't a lot of people say use Discord and that's fine. You can use Discord. Yeah, yeah sure. But the the fact that we have to go away out of the ecosystem for the, the system you're holding, it just feels weird. I don't know. It's just it's just odd in twenty seventeen. Well, it, it's it's even problematic in uh, competitive games like this. Uh, in my time with Gigantic on PC, uh, when it didn't have the voice function, the only way I was able to get into the groups uh, that I did with the people that ran the Guardian Arena, which was the competitive scene, was because I was streaming at the time, and people would a- would be able to find me that way. We'd get in contact, then we would find the Discord. How do you do that in Splatoon when there's uh, terrible voice option or no in-game voice it's not how you generate the people you need for to create a competitive team in that game like the other thing i i realized when i was thinking back again to like the old halo days where we used to play all the time i met a lot of people in halo that i added yeah. to my friends list because i could talk to them and i realized they weren't like you know a, a kid just messing around or somebody yeah. just you know screwing around not taking it seriously to a degree obviously it's a video game but you know what i mean not trying to like kill their teammates or like jump off the cliff or something and uh that's kind of how it works i would talk to them in a game okay they're good i will invite them to the party we'll play a little bit and if i if i enjoy their company and they're good and we win or or we lose but it's close i'll send them an invite and we'll be you know he'll be on my friends list i can invite him later so again this year, and the reason I'm such a big champion, because so many Nintendo fanboys are just hammering me lately if nobody cares about voice chat, nobody uses voice chat. And so the example I always give is this year, a game that's come out that's basically completely reliant on voice chat is Friday the 13th. I've been playing that game so freaking much because it's so fun to talk to people on that. Like you're eight people, seven are counselors who are trying to survive, and one person is Jason. And the only way you can talk is with your voice telling people what's going on. You can pick up things like the walkie-talkies. You communicate long range and tell people where you spot the killer and what things you have to escape, whether it be car batteries or gasoline. And so talking on there, I've gained so many friends. I've added so many people to my friends list and ended up going on to play other games with them just because it's so cool to be able to talk crap or be Jason and talk to people and be like, 
hello, I'm here to sell you Girl Scout cookies while I'm chopping them up in a cabin. Like, that's so cool. And that's, that game honestly would suck if I couldn't talk. Games that I get into where no one's talking and no one has a microphone blow. So that's why I think it's so important that every single game have voice chat just to increase the experience. Well, what about Player Unknown uh, Battlegrounds right now? That game's blowing up too, and that's yeah. all voice chat as well. Yep, yep. And that's yeah. what that just passed five million sales, which is crazy for an early access game that came out in March. It is exploding. Mm. There's, I mean, there's something else you can look at too because Nintendo, I still think personally, is one is probably the most creative company when it comes to the big three. Like they're willing to get pretty creative with any of their IPs. And one of the things I used to love about the old games um, is when voice chat became a thing, the company started to try to figure out new ways or creative things to do with the voice chat. Like for example, I used to play Chaos Theory, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory a lot back on the original Xbox. And one of the things you would do is if you were a spy and you were able to grab one of the mercenaries and put them in a headlock, yeah. you had like five seconds to say something to them. Uh -huh. in, uh, in Rainbow Six, Three, for example, when you talked, your mouth of your actual character would, would start moving. Mm -hmm. um, and then in games like Halo, for example, I keep going Halo, but I was a big Halo fan. Mm -hmm. If you were in proximity to people, so you could hide in the base, you could actually hear them talking because you're close enough. Okay. Like, I'm totally – one of the best things ever, and the community existed for a matter of weeks, so you can't play this anymore. But when Condemned 2 first came out, it had a very small online community. And it was really fun because basically it was a series of detectives who were having to go into, like, uh, meth head territory and find evidence due to a recent murder. So you basically had to have five points you had to capture, and there were a series of murderers who were able to, like, climb around in vents <laughs> and hit people with bricks and stuff, and they had night vision. So you're trying to, like, get there – but there was voice chat proximity. And I used to just be the biggest creeper, just like sit behind a detective and be like, like all sorts of, cause it's like, and it was so fun. And people went crazy with the voice chat in that game. It was so fun. But like the, the fact that we were that creative back then and that kind of stagnated a little bit. Can you imagine what Nintendo may have come up with with voice chat if it wasn't such a weird thing for them to figure out in the first place? Like if they had just native voice chat all the time, they would probably look past that and try to figure out different things they could do with voice chat. Like there's so many things that you could do with it. And it's I feel like the, the, the most creative company is just like held back completely from doing some cool things with voice chat. I mean, people look well, at voice chat as yeah. but... So many cool things you can do, as we just said. With the DS and the 3DS, they had the microphone built into it right there, and, and they had the little mechanics you could blow on the mic and do something yeah. you know, with the game and so. And then talking, you can actually have voice commands as well in some of those games too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess so, what I mean, but they, yeah. they got creative, right? Can you imagine what they might have been able to come up with with communication in game? Maybe they do something crazy in a game that has walkie-talkies or something where your character has. I, it's hard to say, but I mean, it's weird that Nintendo is fighting this this battle of voice chat in 2017. They should be past that. They should be trying to innovate voice chat right now. And there's a there's a fighting game on 3DS or DS that you can create your own fighter and you can create your own voiceover to the fighting game. What, oh. what is that game called again? Was that Fighter Maker? I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah, but that was really cool, and it's like a it's like a two dollar game, but you can actually program your own voiceover, like you finish it. <laughs> I just free, that I kind do, of stuff. I do picture that I do a combo, and my character would do his victory pose, and it'd be like, "Your mom's a bitch." Like I just picture that it'd be up all the clips would be really fast cuss words. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what what would be holding Nintendo back from this whole thing. I, I'm not sure. Maybe they just maybe they're trying to be way too like forward thinking. 
I don't know. Uh, maybe in like 20 years, we'll look it back and be like, remember when Nintendo went against all the odds with their, their phone app? And now look at it. It's, it's holograms or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, well, maybe, maybe yeah. that'll happen. Maybe we'll look back and be like, yep, they, they had to go against the grain, but they got it. They figured it out. Now we all use it that way. Yeah, you know, you know, the old saying is uh, innovation is good, but innovation isn't always a, a good idea in certain, on some things, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> that, that's the thing. We, we don't know. I mean, like I said, maybe we look back on it in 10 years and we're like, oh, my gosh, you remember that dumpster fire of, of a cell phone app that they tried to push on us? And then a year later, they just enabled voice chat on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I, people will be mad. <laughs> yeah, be I, mad. I'd be totally fine with that. I'm totally okay with experimentation, but you have to learn from a mistake you made. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of times I wish I could go way forward in time just to see what happened in the past 10 years, you know? <laughs> just to see what happened in video games in the past 10 years of technology. But, like, I would love to see how VR shaped up in, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, That's good, yeah. But it's, uh, okay, so <laughs> now that we're done our, our about 40 or a half hour minute, uh, half hour spiel on voice chat being absolutely insane on the Switch, <laughs> um, did you guys see the Atari box? Yeah, I saw a lot yeah. more on it. Okay. Yes, there was there was actually a lot of stuff that came out about it, which is very interesting. They mm -hmm. they posted complete like like renderings of it. Those aren't actual pictures of the the system. Those are renderings that artists put out. Mm -hmm. uh, but it shows a very small system, as you guys can see. Mm -hmm. And they keep claiming, which is odd, because you look at that and you see like something with an arm chip. But yeah. they keep saying it's PC, PC, you know, PC technology. It's not going to be like your cell phone is what is what they're basically implying. Um, but I, I don't know what PC technology they would be talking about unless they're putting like a um, unless it is like a mini steam box that they put their own OS on or something or maybe it's like a, like an atom processor like the the GPD win is I don't know I don't know well, but it, it, sort, came out. it sort of brings to mind the Nvidia shield in a way it sort of reminds me of like let's just bottom line everything as much as we can so it looks as good as possible for as cheap as possible as small as possible it even has that same sort of ergonomic shape i i, I wish i could get excited for it i even was tweeting at the developers but as soon as somebody told me it's crowdfunded i just yeah. lost all hope yeah yes that's the red big, flag that's an issue why would they be crowdfunding this well, the only it's so hard to figure out why they would have to be crowdfunding this. The the exact quote in their actual press release to an investor is what totally it, it just realizes even they know this sucks. As they said, to minimize <laughs> our our possible loss, this will be mm -hmm. launched as a crowdfunded project, which literally means even they are expecting to lose millions on this, but they want us to pay those millions. Yeah, it's almost like they're trying to collect pre-orders without having a physical uh product in front of them <laughs> well uh, uh pc yeah pc technology could just be uh, the retro pi 3 or something like that mm -hmm. right I was, a, ra I was a raspberry pi well even the raspberry pi uses an arm processor um i guess they could be doing that but i see okay so this is perfect dave because i can talk to you about this for a minute this completely lines up and i know it's it's like a big time theory this completely lines up with them using an amd chipset doesn't it um well eh, i don't know like, maybe Consider the, I mean, consider the year when we heard about like some other company talking to AMD 
that was what like 2013 20 is that like late 2013 so no it was it was around when the ps4 and the xbox one were kind of showing up on the market and they were like oh three companies were talking to them and we kind of originally thought oh maybe that's nintendo talking to them about their next system Mm-hmm. And um, and then uh, then the PS4 and the Xbox One show up, but then that third company never shows up. And then the Atari box, Atari comes out, and they're like, "We've been working on this for about four years now." Yeah, it's a good and point. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they were talking to AMD." And then then we get further into their APUs that run on x86, which could be regarded as PC technology. And then we start to see the renderings, which of course those are artist renderings, but the entire front is uh, is graded, which was odd to me. Like they could mm-hmm. hide a fan in there, for example. And I'm looking at this, and I, and then they, they're not using any kind of low-powered plug-in. It's an actual, like, what appears to be an actual power plug-in that would use for a larger brick, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost looks like they could get away with a low-powered APU from AMD, something like... We, you talked about Raven Ridge at one point. Well, yeah, but um, Bristol Ridge just came out last year, too, mm-hmm. and that's, like, in laptops. I think that's yeah. between 10 and 15 watts or something like that, that that they could use. It would place the Atari box in like the Switch neighborhood, maybe better. Um, and that would be interesting because then you could see games that run on the Switch, for example, like a, a Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. It could be on mm-hmm. the Atari box. Yeah. But yeah, the way, the way they talk, though, um, it's really suspicious to me. I really don't know what they're doing because mm-hmm. you could just be seeing smartphone games. You could be seeing, you know, just little simple mobile games with the original Atari well, games. Yeah, because the crowdfunded aspect smacks of the OUYA. So it's just yeah. like immediately that's what you're expecting. Yeah. yeah, there's no card slot either is the thing, um, which is weird. Yeah, there's you're right. Card slot. But here's there's there's no – okay, there's no card slot. And here's the thing, though. Uh, a, like getting an AMD chipset is not out of question because we've seen the Smock Z do the same thing. Well, try to do the same thing, I guess. That's a whole, that's a whole story on its own. But they they were trying to get uh, Merlin, and now they've been upgraded apparently to to Raven Ridge or something now. So and they're much smaller than what uh, what who owns Atari now? Is it Info Info Games or Info Games? Whatever they're called. I think it's the other I I know it's not all sure. like a it's like a Chinese investment firm that technically owns Atari now. It's somebody real random. But they have Some they thinker. have more money than the people running Smock Z, and Smock Z is trying to get an AMD chipset passively cooled, by the way, in their handheld. Mm. <laughs> Whereas Atari could put a fan on top of it and could put it in just a box that sits in front of your TV that doesn't need a battery. Um, yeah, I mean AMD would be the best you know choice right now because they make so many chips uh, for SOCs that I could see them easily you know, getting an older one that's a lot cheaper. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting to say the least. Everybody really wants to know the specs. Everybody, we all want to know what's in this system, but they're very tight-lipped. We it took a while to hear about um, the fact that it's going to be PC technology. It came from the CEO himself, and we find out the renderings where it has all the basic plugins in the back, including this really weird-looking uh, plug on the rendering. If you look at it, I have no idea what that plug is all the way to the left, but it also has Ethernet in, so it's not going to be just Wi-Fi, which I found that interesting as well because. You wouldn't. You would use Ethernet if, well, unless it just doesn't have Wi-Fi, which would make zero sense. But yeah. usually, you use Ethernet if you need a stable connection for something like, uh, like competitive gaming, for example. Yeah. Well, the the Ouya also had a, a hardwired, but it was also meant to be a media box. It was something that you were supposed to be able to like tether and then stream stuff off your PC if you wanted, like movies sure. and stuff. So they may be also trying to go that angle of like it's an Atari, but it's also your new. Uh, 
uh, movie maker. It's like an all-in-one box, right? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but that, that's another reason you need a landline like that, a hardwire, is to uh, is to stream like, I don't know, 4K video or, or even 1080p is going to run better than running over the air, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting, the ports on the back. It's weird. It doesn't point to being like an Android box, for example, when you look at the ports. It, it almost points to something a little more. I don't know. They're, they're so foggy about this. And then people over on Atari Age, one guy was in like a test group for it. He doesn't want to spoil it, but apparently it's actually like a like an actual thing that's happening, not like an Atari, you know, Android box. It's an actual like system coming out. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's mm-hmm. so weird. I, I don't know. I don't know. No one can put their finger on what's actually happening here. But when we hear crowdfunding, uh, yeah, that people tend to turn and run, you know? <laughs> I, my yeah. best guess would be Android-type games from mobile, plus yep. newer games like Shovel Knight and things like that on there. To, sure. to, to go along with the retro aspect of the original Atari games, maybe in HD, you know? Yeah. I don't know. They could, I mean, they could do a thing just like Sega does, except you have to buy their box to get it uh, specifically. They could mm-hmm. do like a subscription service where you get X amount of Atari games every month or something on their box, or they could just release... Atari games from everything, from the 5200 to 7800, the, the 800. That, that's what they just they just said. Uh, there was like an official statement in the last two or three days, and it said that there's going to be 170 built-in Atari games. So wow. we they said that. Yes, that's that's oh. one of the official things. One of their statements, but we do, even that doesn't. I mean, what does that mean? Because you think about it. There's a lot of games that are Atari branded that people don't think about. Like even Enter the Matrix is technically an Atari game. So who knows if that means all 8-bit or super pre-8-bit games. Uh, who, Atari who Jaguar, knows? man. Yeah, Atari Jaguar. We may have Doom on there, Doom like the original Doom. Yeah. Like we have no idea. They just said 170, but well, we don't even knows? know what the controller looks like. Yep. Yeah. So at this point, I'm so I I'm sitting back with my speculation goggles on full blast cuz I don't I don't know. Yeah, it, it has uh-huh. it has four USB ports for some reason. Mm. Like, why does it need four USB ports? You <laughs> know, some you- of the Atari Jaguar games, you got Tempest 2000, Doom, Myst, Cybermorph, uh, Wolfenstein 3D, Dragon's Lair, Alien vs. Predator, Flashback. Mm-hmm. You know, you never yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they had something with Dragon Ball Z. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought Atari had some <laughs> some stake with some of those games from back in the day because you always see Atari pop up on the, um, what is it, the Budokai series? Mm. I think so. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they have games that yeah, they you're protect right. yeah. from, but uh, I don't know if they'd be, they wouldn't be blockbuster. Like it wouldn't be like, they wouldn't show up with like a horizon zero dawn scale game or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No. Like that. But, uh, I, think- I don't know. I look at it and it's just, it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. I wish they had just come out and said, this is just a, an Android based box. They'll play our Atari games and then we'll bring over some uh, good Android iOS games to it as well. I, I think those words right now are pure toxic, though, because that's exactly what Ouya said, and I think the biggest games you got on there were like an Earthbound ripoff and a weird game where you played as a frog and got points for slamming your ass on stuff. So people they, don't they like had, it. Was a, it was a closed market, though, with that, right? Like the, the marketplace was closed? Now, it was very open. Well, it was it was open in that anybody could develop for it, and I think you could even like put stuff on a flash stick and just thumb drive it on there, and it would run. Getting onto their right. marketplace and selling stuff through the Ouya store was closed, though. Yeah, right. It wasn't like Google Play or anything like that. Yeah, is Ouya still thing, or is that, are they are they? They're done. long dead. I think they even sold. Technically, they got bought out. They sold the company for like almost nothing. I think sixteen months after launch, like they realized okay. that they were screwed, and so they got bought out as an idea group. So basically, a company bought them, and all the employees just work on other projects now. 
Yeah, it's um, it's a shame. That was a cool idea leading up to launch. It was, that was like one of the big original Kickstarters, wasn't it? Yeah, like that was what really got Kickstarter off the ground. What What's really cringy? I have a really bad photo. I may have to tweet it out for the next Throwback Thursday to make fun of myself. But I was at a convention when the first prototype Ouya's got sent out, and the there was like a representative of Ouya that was in the corner with this like a uh, shmup. Uh, plain shooting game, and I was so excited. I was like, "Can you take my picture with the Ouya?" <laughs> so I have a picture with an Ouya. Oh Ouya. man, <laughs> it's the worst. And I just shaved my head for some reason. It's the worst. It's like, oh god. That's oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it was with the original controller before they actually fixed it, so it looks like a broken Xbox controller. It's like this giant. I'm like, oh yeah, man you show up with a bunch of all the other consoles that fail too you got the atari jaguar and you got the cdi 3do amiga those consoles you know yeah there's a lot they could pull from but then they're going to be targeting people who are like 35 and up basically right like mm. anywhere from 35 to 60 even 70 year olds i guess um they're not going to be targeting like the really right now i guess like the young crowd that mm -hmm. everybody wants to get to now before they get older and, and get jobs and everything um it's weird i don't know i mean i know retro stuff is popular right now because of uh well you know it's it's popular now because it's retro but i still think there's enough of a market there for them to build an entire game system around um but at least well, the system looks good i don't know yeah <laughs> maybe they're trying to get, jump on the the bandwagon of nintendo and sega you got the, the sega genesis re-release coming out in september the, the super nintendo classic coming out too who knows yep yep yeah um speaking of which let's uh let's jump over to the latest trademarks uh from nintendo i, I know dave you saw this because you posted on twitter also when i saw that um i talked about a news wave but uh we had an n64 controller trademark the uh picture oh, yeah. and it yeah. it the other ones that were trademarked next to it was a super nintendo controller and nintendo controller both of which show up on the nes classic and the super nintendo classic that's coming out soon the other one was a switch uh i feel like this is all either pointing to the virtual console or it's pointing to a nintendo 64 classic i assume the switch thing that they uh they trademark can just go on accessories or or anything like that if, mm -hmm. if it's not used for any system or anything i think that's just a generic uh like wire picture that they have that they can put on anything they want or maybe it is part of the virtual console and they'll have that as like a symbol for the virtual console when you go in but um it's interesting i mean dave do you think this is a 64 classic coming yes Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> same, same here. So we actually had this exact same thing happen. People may not remember this, but uh, back before the NES Classic got announced, people saw the exact same patent filed, mm -hmm. and yep. people started asking Nintendo questions about it, and it just suddenly disappeared. The patent just like went and pulled. I filed it away. So I think like now the fact that we saw this again with the SNES, and now we're seeing with the Nintendo 64, it is just such a clear pattern. I would bet anything the fact that NES 64 is being made right now. But yeah, this, this brings um, up a whole list of questions, though, doesn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. Rare. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, see, this is I, I talked about this before. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Goldeneye was almost a thing on the 360. The point where it's almost finished. If you go on YouTube, you can watch an entire like playthrough of like half an hour of the game where they had it so you could switch between like old graphics and new graphics. And the problem ended up being that Nintendo and Microsoft, I guess, could not come to an agreement to get this game out, so they just shelved it and scrapped it. But mm -hmm. Nintendo seems different now than they were back years ago. So there's a chance that maybe, I mean, we're playing, I mean, you can use Minecraft and play against Xbox people. You know, you can do Rocket mm -hmm. League, the same thing. 
Yeah, but even recently, because remember there was a big kerfuffle when Rare Replay came out, because as all the best Nintendo 64-like uh, Rare games, but yep. there was not Goldeneye. And there was an official statement where Microsoft said, like, look, a lot of the music and a lot of those levels actually are owned by Nintendo, and we went to yep. them asking for it, and they just flat out said no. So there Right, but do you, think, do you think Microsoft would say yes, though, if Nintendo went there and said, hey, I want it, we want to put this on there, we'll include you as a licensing partner, we're working together on Minecraft, even Rocket League to a degree. Do you think they go there and say, hey, let's get this done, it's going to make a, a ton of money, obviously, because everybody's going to buy the N64. I think the N64 Classic, believe it or not, would be the best-selling one out of all of them because it's so it's so unbelievable because even Nintendo 64 emulation is still not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And if you slap Goldeneye on there, you know, the first time ever released outside of the Nintendo 64 to the public mm -hmm. as a re-released game, yeah. I mean, I mean, really, if you look at it, the ARM processors they might use would probably have to be upgraded some, but they could do things like fix that weird anti-aliasing that went on with the 64. They could actually mm -hmm. make it look good on a high def tv yeah. there's all kinds of problems they have uh, with the emulation i think you got you got the font problem you have the uh the widescreen problem you have the controller input problems it's just a whole list of and then yeah. incompatibility like you know conquer's bad fur day you can yeah. barely get that or thing to run the, the weird <laughs> layering there's like the really bad layering mm -hmm. thing of like when you're playing majora's mask on an emulator a lot of times the buttons won't say anything on them and stuff it'll just be like the, or they'll they'll just be invisible your screen yep. will not have a proper interface Yep. But you know, like I said, if they put, let's say they put like 20 games on there, 25 games maybe. One mm -hmm. of them's Goldeneye, the others are all some of the classics that we all, maybe Conker's makes it on there. I'm not, not sure how that would be. Who, who, that, that'd be, um, uh, who do you call it? Yeah, Rare. I don't know how, I don't know if they'd be able to get that on there. Again, though, if they're working with Microsoft, maybe mm -hmm. Microsoft actually collaborates with Nintendo on the 64, which would be, like, I think amazing. Like, let's say we get the 64 Classic Box, and Microsoft's logo is on the back, along with some of the other partners. <laughs> I, I could see that happening. At this, Nintendo, or uh, Microsoft is really opening up the floodgates. At this point, they're very much of like, as long as it says Microsoft on the box, yeah. you can sell it. Yeah, I don't think Microsoft cares right now, but Nintendo does. I think they need to be more, you know, the ones changing things with Microsoft. I don't think Microsoft cares too much. But is it? I mean, is it possible that Nintendo blocked them on the on the Goldeneye thing a while ago because they did have this this idea of a Nintendo sixty four classic at some point with Goldeneye I, plastered on the front? I, I don't think it was that. I do think that Nintendo just was all systems go on the development of the Switch, and they were just trying to build those walls to like pave their own path. Because at that point, the Wii U was doing so bad, there was no road before them. So I think at that point, they were like, okay, we're not sure if we're going to need this again. We cannot give away this ace yet. We don't know if we're going to be launching with Virtual Console and need one of the biggest Nintendo 64 games on there. We don't know. So That's I think they just blocked them because of that. Well, well, one of the rumors I heard back in the day was was the Wii had the the Wii had the the best virtual console of, of all so far. Yeah. It had so many games, oh, yeah. like a thousand games or something like that, yeah. some crazy amount. But they they wanted to get GoldenEye on sixty four on the Wii virtual console, and they, but at the same time, Microsoft wanted to get it on the three sixty. Mm -hmm. But the problem was is that the superior version would have been on the three sixty because it's going to be in HD redone. The Wii version may have not as been as good. So the rumor was that Nintendo was just like, no, you know, we only want it on the Wii. We're not going to, you know, let you have it on the 360, you know. So that was the rumor at the time, and I don't know what happened. And then they released GoldenEye uh, Remade yeah. on all systems. And yeah, it but they out really bad. They do some licensing things there, right? Because they yeah. changed out Pierce Bronson and everything. Yep. Yes, yeah. And I heard it was really bad. It had to be Daniel Craig. They had to redo all the music. I think some of the original music was actually owned by Nintendo, so it was all really bad. 
I think yeah. all the levels had to get changed out. I heard I didn't play it very much. I tinkered around with it for like ten minutes at a Best Buy once, but I heard that the remake was actually <laughs> super bad. It was it was an average game. It wasn't anything like the original Goldeneye. So I yeah, think I they tried think. and failed with the original one, and they couldn't come to agreement. So they're like, let's just redo it and see what happens. But yeah, that was sad. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, I mean, it's it, I mean the 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 audience is there. Like people would, mm-hmm. I think, lose their mind. Probably more so than they lost their mind with Star Fox 2, more than likely, because one, again, the N64 emulation is not good. The Super Nintendo emulation is, like, perfect at this point. Mm-hmm. You play Super Nintendo games, and they look better now than they do on the Super Nintendo. 64, though, man, not there yet. But Nintendo could figure out a way to build a perfect emulator, because they they know their hardware. Yeah, They, cool. they pay people a lot of money to engineer these things. And they could also bring over... So it was interesting, on the Wii U, we had a couple games that were Japanese-exclusive N64 games that were considered some of the most highly coveted and most imported N64 games, yep. one of them being Sin and Punishment. Sin and Punishment to, over. That game is so good. If they put Sin and Punishment on the Nintendo 64 Mini, it is going to sell like crazy. I'm going to have to just live stream that whole game start <laughs> to finish. It is that That's good. a good game. It is yeah. so good, yeah. Yep, they could. I mean, they could do a lot of stuff. They could even pull. It sounds crazy, but they could pull stuff from the N sixty four DD. Maybe, yeah. like as weird as that sounds, they could grab one of the weird games that they had on there. There was one where you were a giant or something. Yeah, you know? I think they had. Uh, I believe they had F zero, uh, like an expanded it, yep. version. Yes, it was F zero, and it had a freaking map builder. You could actually you go. go in there and make your own courses. And apparently, it was really popular in Japan. And they just ended up being like, "Look, this is one popular game on a system that's not being very well. We're not going to worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't there like a Mario 64 2 or something that was planned for it? And they scrapped uh, that. I, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I think it was like an expansion. I do know that they, the whole Master Quest, uh, Master Quest, which was released, the like super hard version of uh, Ocarina of Time that they ended up putting on the GameCube later, that was originally made for the N64 DD. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I think they had an expanded uh, multiplayer for Super Mario 64 on the DD version, is what it was, I think. I, okay. That never was released. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, but, uh, uh, they'll finally bring us that uh, unreleased, unfinished Earthbound '64, right? That we've seen. Oh man. Shots of. They should release the original uh, Final Fantasy VII demo they have from Square yeah. Enix. <laughs> yep. I well, I saw an interview where they talked talked about how he made that and he basically was just like because that never really existed it goes like it's a video you can watch but people who think that was a game right. it's not we just literally were like can we make 3d graphics on this we can okay yeah. cool let's never talk about this again so what's the what's the game you guys would want to see on the 64 minus golden eye minus sin and punishment i mean other than obviously mario 64 is there any 164 game they would love to see them put on there um Yoshi, the just the, okay. the Yoshi, because I like that game somewhat, but I also feel like it's just one that'll help the console sell a lot. I want this it, it ran to be at 60 really frames per second too. Yeah, and it's just one of those things. If I want this to be a big success, I think this mini series is really, really cool. So that's one that I know will really, really help that thing fly off shelves. Sure, sure. What do you, what do you think, Dave? Any anyone jumping out to you? Uh, maybe Diddy Kong Racing, the original. Oh. That's a good one. That was also rare, but I mean, come on, they got to do something here. Yeah, that's the problem with all these licenses they have issues with. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, twenty seventeen is complicated. But dude, I totally (laughs) thought of one. Uh, One of the rarest N sixty four games, and one I haven't beaten yet. I've been wanting to is Ogre Battle sixty four. They should totally put Ogre Battle sixty four on there. Wow. Sure. Sure. Who who owns that? Is that is that? Oh, who I, is that? I, who owns that? I want to say it's Konami or somebody. It's I, I should yeah. know. It's on my shelf. Uh, are all the other, I have all the other Ogre Battle games, but I don't know that. Uh, that's a great game. Yeah, we used to see that one coming to the store all the time. 
Man, I, I look at it occasionally, and it's always like $85 without a freaking Oh, see, manual. when we had it, it was like 40 bucks. That was a while ago. We had that in the manual with the box at one point, too. Uh, uh, that's like the one store, yeah. I always tell myself, all right, I'm done collecting. I have a 1,000 games. I don't need any more. And then I see Ogre Battle, and I'm like, just one more hit, baby, and I'll be all right. You know, there's also <laughs> licensing issues with Star Wars, too. Um, Rogue Squadron, the original game. I would love to see that. Oh, yeah. That's, My goodness. Yeah. There's um, no way, man. <laughs> Disney has such a tight grip on that. There's no way in hell they would let that exist. Evan, um, what do you think? What are you thinking, Evan? Well, I mean, it, it is the bulk of the rare games. It would be amazing if they could do it. Um, but I, beyond that, uh, for the co-op interest, it probably Jet Force Gemini, oh. just because I really did enjoy playing that. But I did see it in chat, and I would, I did think it would be really interesting if they brought back Pokemon Stadium, but. On this version of the console, it was somehow updated to include even the more recent of the Pokemon games in that yeah. like engine. It'd be so interesting. Sure, they can get creative with it. I would probably say I would be interested to see if Capcom would talk to them and they were able to bring in Mega Man sixty four and oh, slap that on there. Mm-hmm. Mega Man sixty four, but and also let's not forget the worst version of Resident Evil two. We could totally get that <laughs> back with its super blurry visuals. That's true. <laughs> but if they clean the blurry visuals up and it has no load times. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that was, that was I mean, so it was, honestly, that was a marvel to get on that um, sixty-four cartridge. That was amazing to be able to get that on there because that was, was a like massive twenty-eight minute cartridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's impressive there. But they had the cutscenes too, didn't it? It, it did. did. It was, but the audio was basically screwed. It was like that first one when you walk in the, the gun shop and the guy talks to you. He's like, "What are you? What are you doing here?" And it's like, <laughs> "Is that a robot? Is this a speaking spell?" How oh. how far did that? That came out after the PS one version, didn't it? Yes, it came out long after it. It definitely seemed like one of those ones of Capcom was trying to just get everywhere they could at the time, and they were like, okay, cool. This thing is selling crazy well, because there's like three different versions of Resident Evil 2, and then they released the Nintendo 64 one as well. Do you think they just walked into the office and like slapped those discs down, and they're like, we need to put this all on one N64 disc, and you think the developer yeah. just laughed at them, and then yeah. they're like, oh, you're serious? <laughs> well, remember, because the, the, uh, the Resident Evil developers absolutely hated porting stuff for a long time. I don't remember, you guys may recall, there was that quote when they just, just finished making Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube, and somebody <laughs> in an interview said, will we ever see this on PlayStation 2? And the guy chop said, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather they chop my head off, because it was just so strange. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, like, no, I'm not going to redo this. Oh, my God. And oh, then, like, man. Well, uh, I thought of a game. Did. I thought of a game, guys. Uh, okay. Really rare game on N64, StarCraft 64. Ooh, yeah. That would be crazy. A mouse to it. You get to play an RTS with a controller <laughs> I, again. I exactly. like, I'll draft, I'm the one person in the world. I like that. I actually really like that version. Because the you can assign, like, uh, building troops to your uh, C keys. And I actually exactly. liked being able to just be like, okay, I need a bunch of people real fast. It was awesome. It it's played better than way. people thought. Yeah, it it, yeah. it was it really a really strange game they had about it on the N64, but uh, I loved it. I bought it, and you can't really find it anymore yeah. very well in the stores. Obviously, it's really rare. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's let's jump over. We we still had we talked about the MPD sales a little bit, um, but we didn't talk much about one company, and that is Microsoft. So their hardware sales are down pretty badly right now. They're actually down, according to them, twenty nine percent. Mm-hmm. from year on year and uh it's not the trend is not good for them right now it's kind of going down like i mean the the switch which has massive supply shortages has been outselling the xbox one in the mpds as far as we can tell every month so far and the united states is supposed to be uh xbox's like battlegrounds they were selling alongside the ps4 
in the United States until like a couple months back. And now it's kind of like, if you look at the graph, the lines are kind of separating like this now where yeah. we're, we're seeing a clear dominance by the PS4 in what is supposed to be Microsoft's. I mean, it's, it's, it's built in, you know, by a United States company, a U.S. company mm -hmm. in Microsoft, but the foreign consoles are kind of taken over now. Like the Japanese consoles <laughs> are clearly selling more. So, and what? I was going to say, what's really strange is, so I was looking at their profit reports, and what's really strange is, even though their consoles are selling worse and worse, Microsoft's profits are actually going up. Now, I want to make this very clear, they're still not healthy, they're not in a good range, but they are actually managing to swing back into their favor right now. I mean, it's not enough to probably win the console war, but it's at a point now where the people who already own their consoles seem to be buying more games and getting a, what is a Xbox Game Pass? It seems like they're subscribing to more services and buying a bunch of stuff. So Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's kind of how Microsoft wanted to go anyway. I mean, it, they were talking about how the software sales helped even that out instead of it being 29% like lost over that to be like three percent because their yeah. software sales were so much yeah um it's just interesting because they're kind of going the wrong direction and they're they're starting to kind of run into when they're going to release a very expensive system on the market i mean look at the xbox one for example right now you can get them for what 250 now minimum like or easily you can find them for 250 sometimes you find them on sale for like 200 220 <laughs> But if you look at like the sales, like in Japan, I don't think Microsoft will ever be able to break into Japan, like ever, um, because what do they sell like a hundred consoles if they're lucky in a week? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, how much do you think a five hundred dollar Xbox One X is going to sell in Japan? Like, do we finally see single digit media create sales from Microsoft? Yeah. Is that possible? Going to sell one X nine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, one Japanese hipster will buy it to be ironic, and that'll be it. <clears throat> Yeah, that's that's I, I don't know. It seems weird on that end. And then I don't even know how many people in the states are going to buy it to the to the extent that they'll buy just the regular Xbox One if they even buy that, um, because we see the Switch outsell it by. A, uh, I mean, those leaked numbers that you were talking about, Dave, the Switch right. still outsold the, the Xbox One by like eighty thousand, ninety thousand units or something like that. Uh, yeah, about, I think about sixty-five thousand. Yeah, like I mean, it was to one fifty. Yeah, it was, a, it was a healthy amount, right? Um, and the Switch is heavily supply constraint, doesn't have the number of games that Xbox One does. And the Xbox One S is technically a great system for the price because it sells, it plays ultra high-def Blu-rays. Well, I, I think it's a combination of, of, of a couple things with Xbox One, is that Microsoft announced Scorpio a year ago, right? Yes. It yeah. hasn't come out yet. So, And then they released Xbox One S last holiday. It sold really well at first. And then people started seeing the Xbox One X, uh, what is it, in May or, or yeah, April from Digital Foundry, and they started getting, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So perhaps sales have been stagnated because people are looking forward to buying a new system. Now they announced the price, $500. People are like, eh, Xbox brand, eh. Maybe yeah. they're a little bit soft on it right now. Plus the games, there's no really great exclusives right now on the Xbox One. Uh, personally, I, can't, I don't see any. If you guys know of any, I don't know, but uh, Sony has a lot of great exclusives right now. You have uh, just announced that Nier Automata just passed 500,000 uh, sold on PC alone, and they're Jesus. selling really well on PS4. Mm -hmm. And sure. all, these, all these other exclusives they have too on PS4. It's just, it's kind of like, and then you got Nintendo coming in with their exclusives. You got to, it kind of seemed to shift a little bit of maybe the Xbox being the one, the odd one left out instead of Nintendo currently. I don't even, I don't even think maybe. they buy a lot of 4K TVs in Japan either. 
I, 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 I don't think they do. Like, I, I remember yeah. seeing the sales numbers for it at the beginning of the year, and it wasn't a lot of like most of the TVs. If they, a lot of Japanese families, from what I was reading, don't buy like multiple TVs like we do here in the states, where if you don't have a TV in your room, you're like you're behind the times. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, most of us have TVs at like five TVs per household or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gets it gets insane. How many TVs do I have? I think I, I, think I have. Yeah, like six. I, I have five. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have six. If you call my retro TV in my office. I mean, if you start counting my monitors with HDMI, then I'm in trouble because it's like a lot. But like, they don't buy that many over there. They're they're definitely about portable, as we see with the Switch or cell phones or or even the Vita. They still sell massive amounts of Vitas over there for what's yeah. happening. It's true, <laughs> you know. Think, and it's it's like the biggest problem with the Xbox One X, as I see it, is that it doesn't. It's not a good jumping on point. The only people that are going to buy it are people who probably already have an Xbox One. They're just going to upgrade it to the Xbox One X. Whereas, if you look at the PlayStation 4 Pro, Sony has said that one in five people who buy a new PlayStation 4 are buying the PS4 Pro. 20% of their total people base is ridiculously good. So it's showing that that means new people who are getting a next-gen console for the first time are actually getting pros pretty often because it is just a small bump up in price point. Whereas I don't think there's anybody right now who's sitting there with an Xbox 360 who's planning on jumping to the Xbox One X. I just think they're shooting for the moon. Yeah, it, that's yeah. what you're gonna. I think it's gonna be a one in eight. Worst case scenario would be a one oh, in ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's a ten percent because it is a massive difference, especially if they do what I think they're going to do and drop the Xbox One base model to two hundred dollars at holiday. Um, I think they're going to bank on selling tons of those. And what they're going to do is they're not going to tell us how many X's sell. They're just going to tell us how many Xbox One's total sell. Yeah. They're not going to tell us. And, yeah. and they're going to make that number look really good by saying, we sold 400,000 Xbox Ones, you know, November or even December. And then going forward, Family. it's like, oh, 300, 300. And, and really, mm-hmm. there's like maybe 10,000 of those are Xbox One X's. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't feel like I'm going to go to Walmart when I go buy one. And I, I'm, I, from what I'm talking to everyone, I might be one of the only people I know buying one. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna buy one, my own personal okay, money, okay. and it, it's just because I want to test it. I'll, I'll be honest. I, my plan is to get an Xbox One X day one, just spend a solid week playing every single thing I can, and, and. Uh, in 1080p to see how much I can notice it, do some graphics comparison videos and and see if it's worth it. And then after I make a video, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's just gonna sit there. I don't do that. Are you just gonna look at it and just cry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it looks really cool, but I feel like most people walk in are gonna think that I bought a DVD player. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't even look that much different from the Slim. They're just gonna think you got a different colored Xbox One S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently it weighs a lot though, but uh, that's gonna, I mean, I'm gonna take it apart, obviously. But yeah, I think their biggest cool. issue is getting some software exclusives, really, to get someone, you know, get more people to buy them. Got to yeah, have the software. But he, here's the problem. All, those, all of them are going to show up on the PC. Yeah. Uh, I, they don't care. There, There is a base of people like myself, though, who play every PC game I can on consoles. Like, I'll be honest, I'm very much looking forward to reviewing PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds on the Xbox One. And... I just don't think that's a video many people are going to make. So I personally want to buy it and test it out and see, are there enough Xbox players that will be playing on it? Are they going to try and blend servers with PC and everybody gets slaughtered? Uh, So I don't know. I'm excited for the idea that some PC games are going to jump over to Xbox One that might not jump to PS4. I mean, they'll be but if yeah. you look at like um, someone like Evan, for example, if he walks into a store, he's a PC gamer. Mm-hmm. He's going to buy the oh, PS4. Yeah. He's not going to buy the Xbox One. Yeah, yeah. There's um, zero reason. 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you're not going to convert any of the PC gamers. The PC gamers are going to walk into a store, to be honest, are probably, believe it or not, going to buy a Switch. That's probably what they're going to buy. Um, Evan, the most the, the system you're most interested in is the Switch, as you yeah, said yeah. several times. Um, because the PS4, while it has you know games that might not be on the PC, it doesn't have a ton of games that are on the PC. You know, I mean, it, it does. It has, what, games like Persona, even though that's on the PS3 technically mm-hmm. as well. But you look at the Xbox One, and I don't see any reason Evan would buy an Xbox One. I, I just as an example, I'm using you as an example, Evan, as a PC gamer. But I don't, <laughs> no, I don't see a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't like five hundred dollars to you. You're looking at five hundred dollars, and it's turning in your mind into like a 1080 Ti, you know, or 1080, mm-hmm. and it's not turning into an Xbox One X in your mind. Um, I don't know. I just, I think the PC market is getting very large. People who just have PCs and the Switch. I think is turning into a very good companion system. So if you have yep. a PS4 and you want that Nintendo game, we'll just go buy the Switch because it also fulfills my need for a handheld system. So I think Nintendo is going to have pretty consistent sales going forward as long as they do what they do best, which is bring Nintendo games in. Sony will continue to bring in Japanese-influenced games, probably localize them, and uh, continue to just make you know God of War, uh, Ratchet and Clank, Gran Turismo, all of those games, and then you know some new ones like Days Gone and Spider Man. Spider Man was a great idea on their part, by the way, oh, to yeah. bring him in as a as a Sony exclusive. And then I just look at Microsoft. I just don't know what they're going to bring in that I, I couldn't just buy on my PC here, for example. Um, I, I maybe they're content with that. Maybe they're fine with you buying it on your PC because they already have you. You own a hundred to two hundred dollar version of Windows. What do yeah. they care? Well, they, they have an official statement as of, I think, a month ago. Nintendo or uh, Microsoft has an official statement where they basically said, stop saying we don't have enough games. We totally have enough games. Like There, there was like one of the head uh, <laughs> Xbox executives. It wasn't Phil Spencer, but somebody said, we're totally fine with our current game library, and I think it's enough to keep our audience happy. And it's like, are you talking to them very often? Have they been returning your calls? Well, they're, they're yeah. fine with it, right? And that's all they care about. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll be fine with it until their Xbox Live memberships start to fall. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a problem that because that's what's that's where their money is. It's an Xbox Live. It's selling you something that I mean, p- people again, PC gamers enjoy for free. They're selling it to you for sixty dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I don't see how if their Xbox starts to go away, how they would continue that on the PC. Um, I don't think like Evan, you would never buy an Xbox Live pass for sixty dollars a year on your PC. I don't know. <laughs> when you can when you can play all the games anyway, like Gigantic talked about that that's something you just play without paying. I just I don't I don't know how they would continue that service away from well, the Xbox. Xbox Game Pass. Think about if the it's a thing that you actually pay for on PC and you can only play like imagine if they brought over like even Halo three or Halo five onto PC, but you had to pay five dollars a month. I do think that there is a big audience of people who would basically pay Microsoft Netflix. Sure, sure. I mean that that's very possible. Um, I just I don't know if that's enough to keep Microsoft interested in the game at that yeah. point. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think they would create games anymore. I think they would harbor third-party games on there and bring their old library up. But I don't think they're going to then go. Well, let's throw a hundred million dollars at Halo yeah. Seven and bring that in. Yeah. Um, there's no way. Yeah. So I, unless they had a massive interest in that, unless they made it so that uh, like streaming games became seamless. And then you can play it on whatever terrible laptop you have, you know, and then then it becomes interesting. But right now we're still not there with our archaic internet here in the United States Mm -hmm. for us to do that. Like ping is not there yet. And it's just, it's just not feasible, but maybe it will be one day and then they can move to that. I mean, that's what I think all of them want to move to. I don't think any of these companies 
want to make game consoles. I just think they want to be able to sell you stuff and the game console is a stepping stone to get there. Yeah, exactly. So if they didn't have to make a game console and they could just magically sell you games that you could just magically play, that's all they would do. <laughs> um, they wouldn't spend the money to R&D these things. Yes, yeah, it's a console. But, I, I was going to say real quick on your earlier point about PC gamers leaning really heavily towards Switch. I definitely wanted to say, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of friends who are super deep into competitive PC gaming. They like actually travel around and go to tournaments and stuff. They're all preparing for the big uh, Quake Champions tournament coming up here in a couple weeks, and they all own Nintendo Switches. That's just like the thing now of like, okay, this is my Zelda machine, and it plays Mario Kart, and we can all play together, and then the rest of the time I'm playing serious competitive games. So it's like sure. become the companion. But it's it's like it's like I look at it's almost like they look at the Switch as like relaxing time. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it it's the like, 3DS to most people now. Isn't it amazing? Because originally video games were designed for as an escape from reality to relax with, and and now we're to a point where you they see some games like competitive games as work, and then they see Nintendo <laughs> again as a relaxing game to play. It's interesting, and and then you see Mario Odyssey come out, which is by the way going to push an obscene amount of switches out the door. Mm -hmm. um, that game looks like that would spark a lot of childhood memories with Mario again. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for it. But yeah, I, th I think that's, that's perfect. I think a lot of game video, uh, PC gamers who don't, maybe don't care about console games, they probably do care about the switch. I've seen it firsthand. Like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I think that's a good spot for Nintendo as much as people want to want them to build an Xbox one X. I think they're content where they are as being a companion system for a lot of people, because mm -hmm. really at this point you need to pretty much own a PS4 um, and a Switch because not all the third-party games are going to go to the Switch. Like mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts 3 is not going to the Switch right now, if at all. <laughs> but if you have a PS4, you can play Kingdom Hearts here, and then you can play Mario over here. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't feel like I'm missing a lot with the Xbox. Mine is Halo, but how long until Halo shows up on the PC? Yeah, well, it already exists in Russia. In Russia, and, yeah, they canceled yeah. that though, sadly. But uh, I like, I, I almost wanted to set up a proxy just to try it out. Yeah, <laughs> I put my my friends who compete in games all the time. I would go over to their house occasionally, and they would uh, play that online a lot. So it was weird because it was all in English. They had like an English patch for it, so you could play it totally fine. It was really weird to see. People are saying they pre-ordered in the chat. They pre-ordered Mario Odyssey uh, right away. I pre-ordered Mario Odyssey the day they announced the Switch with my Switch. So yeah. I've had I've had Mario Odyssey pre-ordered for quite a while now. That should have been a day one pre-ordered for anybody, any Nintendo yeah. fan. Yeah, that game is going to sell crazy amounts too. Some, <laughs> somebody was saying that they're super excited for the Amiibos when it comes to Odyssey since they can make like dinosaur Amiibo <laughs> Mario. It's like, yep, those are all going to sell really hot as well. Yeah, I'm not a big Amiibo fan to be honest, but I understand why people like to collect them. Um, there, there's a, it's almost like figurines kind of too, if you look at it that way. Um, I get that. I mean, it's it's great yeah. on Nintendo's part because it's a great way to disguise DLC. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works. I mean, if if I was in their position, I was like, I can release figures and people will buy them and they do things in the game. Yeah, let's make them. <laughs> they just released a Bayonetta one, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And, so and I, there was a, there was a, a cloud one or something like that, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was the um, four. I think four released yesterday, and people were taking pictures of. There was a uh, uh, Splatoon boy, Splatoon girl, uh, Bayonetta, and Cloud. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing that um that people love buying those. But hey, again, if if I was if I was in their shoes, I would do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And if people enjoy, it, they're not even like super expensive, right? They're like thirteen bucks for an amiibo. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, I went to Walmart. and They had all the Tom Nook and Animal Crossing ones out for like two dollars on clearance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
the only one I've ever bought was uh, Waluigi, since I love Waluigi so much. I happened oh. to get when I when it first came out. <laughs> this is really funny. When Amiibos first came out, I was looking at them and I was trying to figure out which one to get. And Evan, which one did you tell me to get? The villager, man. The villager. You so didn't I believe bought, me either. You're that was a like, rare one. Ah, that yes. can't be the one that I get. So I go to Walmart, right? And I go there, and the entire amiibo section is ravished. All of the Mario games are gone. Oh, yeah. Mario amiibos are gone. Um, there is. This is hilarious now to think about it. There was stacks of Wii U trainer, who I think are the 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 trainer. Yeah, Wii um, trainer. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They that one was rare. I thought for a while. Mm -hmm. And then under all of these Yoshis and stuff that were strewn everywhere, there was one villager. And I grabbed him, and, and, we, and I bought him for $13, take him home, I open him. And then, like, uh, two months later, people were so mad at me for opening him. Yeah, couldn't find <laughs> I, it anywhere. I remember, uh, so the day that Majora's Mask came out on the 3DS, I didn't have a pre-order, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And so someone told me, like, you should just stand outside Toys R Us. Toys R Us is just a first-come, first-serve. They don't do pre-orders, so just stand outside Toys R Us. They open at 10 a.m. That's pretty late. I was like, okay, fine. So I'm standing outside Toys R Us. I was like, I'll show up about 30 minutes later. There was this huge crowd of just, like, sweaty, middle-aged men. And I'm like, what the hell? So I stand at the back <laughs> of the line. And it turns out all of them were there for some new amiibo that came out that day. And literally, as soon as the store opened, everybody marched in a straight line like ants to the back of the store and everybody just each bought one amiibo and walked out i was like hi i'd like to actually buy a game please dude it, was, it turned into like battle royales at one point if there yeah, were four amiibos so and 10 people there it got ugly sometimes yeah <laughs> yeah weird. i don't think i don't think they're in quite as demand anymore are they no, no I mean, they're not, not the same. there was some like there was some like what was it um there was a strike for the people who were unloading boats or something like the dock strike or something and that affected it it was some weird political type thing dude, between like dude. the unions <laughs> the the GameStop right next to my house used to cut me all these deals. I was like friends with the the manager, so he used to like do all these special coupons to give me extra trading credit and stuff. And I went in there one day, and he wasn't in there. And I was like, "Where'd he go?" And like this other guy I'd never seen before, he said, like, "Oh, I'm the uh, the district manager. I had to fire him." And I was like, "What happened?" He goes. We found out that he was actually like putting 15 special pre-orders on every single one of the rare amiibos. That way, they oh, could wow. sell out of stock before they ever went to the floor. <laughs> he was he was smuggling amiibos and wow. selling for, like hundreds of dollars of profit. And they had sell I was like, what the fuck? What? Amiibo <laughs> smuggler. Was he like was he like taping amiibos like under his girlfriend's shirt like in the I, back I room and have her walk out from, the front door? Like, I was asking questions and it sounded what he was doing is he was he was pre-ordering stuff under like fifteen fake names because they were having pre-order limits where you could only pre-order two per month or something and he would basically make up a bunch of names turn off the security cameras, ring them all up for himself, and then put them on eBay for like $30 a piece, and he'd make hundreds if not thousands of dollars. It's like, what? That's insane. Yeah, the, the turnover at GameStops is insane, by the way. Um, when I worked there, I saw so many managers come and go. It was insanity, yeah. which is which is really funny because if you're a store manager there, they have um, an annual Vegas show. Yeah. And they fly you out to Vegas and you just party with like all the executives for like a week straight. <laughs> like I'm talking like they're pouring like champagne on each other and stuff. Um, and it's well, just what are they absolutely celebrating? insane. Uh, it's just like GameStop. <laughs> they're supposed to be talking to um, – I see I, I've, I've talked to quite a few of them that did it. But they're supposed to be talking to like executives and other GameStop managers from everywhere about business. 
but it's yeah. never like that. They spend like two hours of the day at like a conference, and then yeah. they all just do Vegas stuff after we, that. <laughs> we, we had that. I, I ran a bookstore for six years, and we would do that as well. We would be like, okay, guys, it's the the annual, we called it Trainathon, and we'd fly everybody in and stay at a hotel. And even though it was in town, I'd go to the hotel too and just hang out there, and everybody would just be like, woo, they're paying for our drinks and food. So everybody's just having crazy, crazy parties and getting drunk. But okay. What's your shittiest employee? <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was to a point where I don't, I don't understand why GameStop complains about funds when they have to drop massive amount of money on that in that one week yeah. on on they, flying everyone into Vegas and hotels and all this stuff. Yeah, I want to do it. It's interview. like don't have a party. <laughs> a buddy of mine was working in accounting for several years for GameStop, and he said it is horrible. So I've been trying to talk him <laughs> into doing an interview with me. Like even if he's anonymous, I just want to do like because I'm I'm I don't run my own podcast, but I do want to do like a podcast style like two hour interview once where it's like tell me the numbers, tell me how bad GameStop is doing, like tell me the nitty gritty like. Were people just being beheaded in the parking lot? Tell me how bad it was. <laughs> Which you could put him in like the where he's like it's like all blacked yep, out. The, it's like the a shadow. Black and it's like, and the gargoyle voice. He's like, that's when they punched me with a copy of uh, We Trainer. I, don't I know will say, mean. when we were at GameStop, if you were at least an assistant, man, no, if you were just um, oh, uh, there were so many titles for us. There was game advisor, and then there was like it's assistant, assistant manager. It was some name for it too. But if you were like not at least not the bottom of the barrel, you could look at the sales for the entire store. Yeah. Like you could actually see all the numbers, and you could take pictures. You could write them down. So we would always know how well we were doing. But when I was there we were doing well. Like it was like, they would do like $4,000 a day. Yeah. Um, it's good. Which was, which is good. Yeah. Um, there are a few days where I remember one day, I feel like it was call of duty four. I feel like when we did the countdown at the end of the end of the end of the day, I think it was 70 grand in, in cash. Yeah. Well, cause I had to go deposit it. <laughs> uh, we had it. So, uh, I worked at the third largest bookstore in the world. It was, it was a giant one. And so because it would get a lot of rare items in at one point we got uh, a signed JFK book, like, and it had an actual letter of him about his concerns for the presidency. And I think we put it out for like $20,000 wow. and it sold in about 30 minutes. And so I we had to have like a, an armed guard basically carried out to his car. So, Sorry, wow. not, I know that's like business talk instead of video game talk. Sorry, but you know, wow, it's, that's it's crazy. Like, it was just one of those rare times where you're like, wow, there's a one of a kind item being sold for more money than I'm probably going to make this year. Super duper. Nice. I think, I think if you ask anybody, they have their own story about their about GameStop. There's always some, but mm -hmm. there's always something that crazy that goes on there. Seems like. Yep. <laughs> well, this is hilarious because um, it looks like GameStop is going to be on its way out sooner than we thought. Because Whoa. did you see Ubisoft? something new happen again? Well, did you see Ubisoft's earnings report? No. Mm -mm. So according to them, their sales total for all their games across all platforms, everything, was digital. So only 20% was physical. So then you got to take that 20 and spread it out between Walmart's, Target's, GameStop's. Jesus. Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah, Best Buy. So GameStop, who's already having a hard time because you know uh, Best Buy and Amazon offer 20% off, I have to imagine GameStop is in some serious trouble if we're seeing digital sales take off like they are because it could be sooner than later where these systems don't even have disk drives. Yeah. Well, it's like, so weird. Well, we're getting to that point. Haven't they learned anything from Blockbuster Video? You know, I mean, like, they has all kinds of trouble, uh, Blockbuster, and now they're pretty much gone, right? I mean, so GameStop, yeah. they should have been figured something out a long time ago, like with the last well, generation. I think that's why they, 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 I think that's why they, bought, uh, they bought ThinkGeek. I know that. They bought ThinkGeek and they bought what is that stupid uh, 
shitty free-to-play. It's like cell phone games on a website. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, they're trying to get into, like, What's publishing that? mobile games or something. Yeah, well, yeah, they have a, what is it called, Game Trust. That's how they published, <laughs> uh, uh, I wish I was joking about the name. It's called Game Trust, uh, which basically says, give us your money. And they published, what was that swimming game? I even reviewed it, and I forgot the name. How forgettable is that? It was like a me- underwater Metroidvania. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah, so that's that's where we are now. It seems like GameStop, more so than now than before, is just kind of like 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 sh- like scattershotting, just trying to figure out what sticks at this point. Anything. Any way we I can make money. I think they closed 100 stores recently, too, didn't they? Or more than 300 that? 300 stores. 300, 300 stores. stores. Yeah, and they, they, I think they had 6,000 stores, so they're not, like, gone overnight or anything, but... It, when you start closing stores, it becomes an exponential thing. Not like yeah. they're going to close 300 stores, a, uh, you know, a year for the next 20 years. It's like yeah. 3,000, six, you know, you know, yeah. you know, and then it's just it's gone. <laughs> they're, they're trying to diversify, but I think they're watering down their own poison so much. Like they also bought uh, Cricket, which is like a wireless uh, company, a uh, cell phone company here in America, and they're trying to just fill their stores with so much merch. I go in there and they've literally barricaded it. So you have to walk through like this tiny little path through like 15 different shitty Suicide Squad shirts before you're able to look at a game. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, dude, half the store is like clothes and backpacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's not even video games. Yeah. To be honest, I haven't been in a GameStop in like three or four years. Just, just, just go, go there and check it out. Just go there and check it out. See, <laughs> you, like, you're yeah. not buying anything. It, it's be, bad. Be real brutal to the employees and be like, oh, I just wanted to check out this graveyard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Give that's free. I'll come back later. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I I don't know. I just I feel like we're gonna see GameStop go away very soon. I if honestly, if um, next generation doesn't do them in, it it might be the following when inevitably we get rid of disk drives altogether and it's all download. Well, the yeah. same thing happened at Blockbuster. Remember, they started closing a hundred stores at a time, and all of a sudden, um, hey, we're gone. It was gone overnight. But Netflix mm-hmm. really did them in. Um, this Game sure. Pass is going to hurt. GameStop big time because that takes away from all of their pre-owned sales because they're all older games on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or all like, I mean Sony's crazy PSN sales are are just nuts. Like I know I mentioned that before, but one of the only things I ever buy from GameStop and it's just because it's across the street is PSN cards. I I mean I am not even exaggerating. That's what 99% of my trips are walking in there picking up a couple $20 cards and then like buying those and leaving cuz Almost everything I could possibly want is one-third the cost digitally. So it's like, I'm not going to pay $45 for a disc if I can get it for $15 digitally. Yeah, it's not even like they're a small company, like they're a small business, because I would at least feel bad. I'd be like, well, maybe I should go buy something from that mom-and-pop store across the street today. You know, Because mm-hmm. a lot of the mom-and-pop stores that, that are near us anyway have like retro games. Like yeah. There's one that's like 15, 20 minutes away from me, um, and they have like all everything they have everything back to the, the atari and it's really cool to go in there and look at that but and then i feel the need you know to buy something from them because they're they're trying to make it but yeah. like to, to go into gamestop and look around i'm like i don't feel the need to buy anything because you guys are big corporate chain and it feels that way so yeah. well <laughs> a lot of times people are going to these stores looking for retro games right so mm-hmm. a lot of these mom and pop stores like you said they have these retro games you can't find anywhere you go there and you don't really want to go to GameStop because you can just go to you know some place that offers a much wider selection and better better offers like Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once Best Buy incorporated the twenty percent off, and Amazon did too. You don't have to leave the house. You just order on Amazon if you want. And you get it. <laughs> um, 
there was something real interesting. I don't know if you ever watch uh, Pathy NES Punk has his own podcast called The Completely Unnecessary Podcast. I really like it. One of the co-hosts, Ian, is a manager of a mom and pop uh, video game yeah, shop. He's, a, he's, he's, a, he's a, of a Luna video game. Luna, games. yeah. And he said in a recent uh, podcast yep. that they've just been killing GameStop even more ever since they started listing their prices online. They now tell you how much it's going to sell for in every single store and what they'll give you trading credits. And so straight up, they said that they'll go on there and they'll go, okay, they're selling this game on sale for 50 bucks. So let's just sell it for 40 bucks to screw them. Like it's our used copy. It's all profit to us anyway. So they said like, okay, they're giving $25 trading credit. So let's put out a sign that says we're giving $30 trading credit. Like they were just straight up being like, Wow, it's really easy to kill them if you know that beat for beat, we're going to outdo every deal you do. Hey, and we yeah. won't put that yeah. sticker on the box either, like GameStop. Yes. Oh, God. I hate that. <laughs> really, if you just don't open your games and put them out, you know, like where they mm-hmm. gut them and they put yeah. out the new game, if you just make box art or just keep them behind the counter, you got one up on them already. <laughs> do you remember that really big deal? It's a couple of years ago now, but I remember there was this really big deal of GameStop got permission. They they got exclusive permission to do a full reprint of uh, Xenoblade on the right. uh, on the Wii, and it was like a really big deal of like, wow, this is so cool. But they were like, these guys are going to be brand new copies, guys. We have to sell them for sixty dollars a piece. But then they <laughs> opened them all and put them in stores open, and people were like. What's the Why sticker? am I buying a yeah. $60 new game that you've opened and messed with when I can like buy it online for $50 seal? Oh, so yep. dumb. You yeah, and a lot of stores were selling for $79.99 too, if you noticed. Yep. yep. So I'm going gonna, gonna to let everybody in on a, a secret too, which you probably already know. When, when I worked at GameStop, if a game came out, I remember Bioshock came out, the first one, and uh, we got them in new. And one of the policies with GameStop at least when I was there, they probably still do it, was you're allowed to take games home for like three days and yeah. play them. We would take home new games all the time. We would yeah. take home the gutted copies all the time. So if you go there and you're being sold a new game that's a gutted copy, chances are employees have played that. They've taken it yeah. home, they've played it. Because we all did. They didn't stop us. They didn't care. We had to sign it out. That was it. So, of course, we did uh, it. <laughs> which blew my mind. It, it, it genuinely baffled me. Ever since I heard that, I've always been amazed that there weren't more reviewers doing that. Like, if you were an up-and-coming reviewer, get a job at a GameStop, start checking out games, and you could have day one reviews to every single release. You could check out the game several days early. Nobody's ever done that, though, and that just blows my mind. Why the hell wouldn't you do that? Well, I'm going to be honest. When I worked at GameStop, YouTube was still just cat videos. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a while ago. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like I was just done high school. Um, in 2005, 2006, when I started yeah. working at GameStop. So YouTube was still very young. But yes, if you work at GameStop, you could easily review games on YouTube without yeah, too much total, issue. Totally free. I mean, you think about it, you're working with no overheads. So you could review the most indie stuff or the biggest stuff because it's all free to you. You're just checking it right back in. It's, but nobody's done that. I don't know why. And they sell you a yeah, brand so, new used game for full price. Yep, it happens all the time. It, it's we Like I said, we play it. And uh, we would just have to try to be very careful with it, and then we bring it back and just put it right back out. Um, most yep. times we would take it off the wall because we had so many gutted copies, it didn't matter. Yeah. We cut open like eight at a time. If we got 50, we'd be cutting open 10 of them. <laughs> we'd take a knife and just take, take a stack, just right down the sides and take them out. Um, it was so common, it was insane, actually. <laughs> um, but it was, there was all kinds of little loophole things we would do, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was bad, but that was a long time ago. So, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's look at the chat for a little bit, guys, before we close up. Since we got about twelve minutes left, 
Um, see if anybody wants to ask anything before we head out. Um, Dave, I will say you might get questions about your video, just so you're aware. So if you don't want to say anything, you might as well just tell people now. You're not gonna not gonna say anything right now. So, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gonna? We're we gonna end up on the no again, man. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't okay. know. No, we've been on there a couple uh, times. I, I will. I will say something is that there is there is uh, there is some big news coming, um, but uh, I think I said last time that Nintendo has uh, some big surprises in store still, and I said that in my video as well. The Trump there card, is, right? Yeah, but there is uh, big news coming in general. I won't say from who. Okay, and so this is coming soon. So we will see. Oh wow! Soon. Okay. Good. 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 I don't want to hint. At, I want to hint at, at who it's coming from, but uh, soon, very soon. Oh, cool! Good to hear it soon. <laughs> Good to hear. Very cool. And this I, is I am planning. My, and my next video should be around the end of the month or so. Uh, so. Okay. Very good. See. Very good. Uh, is it? Um, we're we're talking like Nintendo or Switch related, right? That's what we're talking about, right? Um. Well, I say I said news in general. That that is, uh, in general. I'm not going to say who okay. it's from. And there's also. Uh, something there's also of course there's also some you know like i said some surprises coming from nintendo later so that's separate oh, oh okay cool so there's there's like uh, uh i'm trying to generalize this like like multiple general announcements <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i really want i really want to be vague right now it's, it's I important yeah i understand yeah yep i got you i got you completely don't want to <laughs> don't want to out any sources or anything i understand yeah i understand good to know though that some stuff's coming good to know well when it happens you can you can talk about it then, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we will all be talking about that stuff. Oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> People good, are good. Uh, asking in chat if we've seen the Ready Player One trailer, which uh, that's my favorite book of all time. Seriously, so that trailer literally made me cry. It is so freaking awesome. There's a trailer for it. Yeah, it just came out today, and oh my freaking gosh! Have either of y'all read the book, or any of y'all read have, the book? I have not. No. No. So it, it's super awesome. The whole game, basically, it takes place in uh, the future. Everybody just lives in, like, basically giant stacks of, uh, of mobile homes now. Like, overpopulation is such a problem. It's like 11 million population. So to get out of that, everybody all day long plays this giant VR game called Oasis, where it's super realistic. You literally put on gloves and everything. So it looks like you're real. Like, But what's really funny about the game is that since anything is possible in this world, people do what you'd really expect. People make themselves look like Harley Quinn or Freddy Krueger or Duke Nukem. And in the trailer, we see that. Like, I was, everybody was afraid because that's the way it happens in the book. People were afraid that they weren't going to be able to get permission for that. But no, there's definitely a shot in there where he's riding on the back of the Iron Giant from the movie Iron Giant and <laughs> Freddy Krueger jumps at him and he, like, vaporizes him with a machine gun blast. And you see, like... Like it, it Deadpool, and you see like him driving the bike from Akira in a street race against a million different people, and it looks like it's wow. gonna be, it's gonna There's be a lot like of licensing in there. Yes, well, and the whole thing. I mean, clearly they spent tons. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe, just trying to get everything in line. But man, it looks like it is gonna be a video game player's dream because it is just, it is literally the ultimate war of ideas. Wow. Cool. Yeah, okay. and obviously my favorite book of all freaking time. That trailer completely wins me over holy hell oh, okay did you see wow. the, the trailer for the uh, the disaster movie no no <laughs> <laughs> it's, so good. it's so good you haven't seen that at all 
Okay, so we, we're all familiar with the room, right? The terrible movie. Oh yeah, yeah, the disaster project. Yeah, yeah. Pro- sorry, sorry, yeah. disaster project. Yeah. That, so, did you see the trailer for that? Yeah, that looks so oh, funny. So good. Oh my god, Dave, did you see it? I haven't. I got to see it then. Yeah, that's um, it's awesome. So what's happening is uh, Seth Rogen, James Franco, um, and his uh, his brother. I'm trying to remember what his Dave, name is. Dave Franco. Dave Franco. They're going to reenact the process of them shooting <laughs> and creating the movie The Room. Yeah. And wow. well, and, and and James Franco <laughs> plays uh, Tommy Wiseau. That sounds yeah. great already. And the the trailer shows them trying to shoot the scene. The worst scene in the movie, obviously. Like, yeah, act one. Well, it's one of them, but it was I, one scene, one line, and it was a solid. Like, I did not hit trailer. her. Uh, they are lying. It's bullshit. I did <laughs> not. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, they they try to film it, and they're like on take sixty five or something yeah. like that. Well, and he says wow. it terribly, and they just start clapping. It, in the book, they even talk about the fact that Tommy was so kept like walking like a robot. He didn't know what to do with his arms, and so they gave him the bottle of water so he'd have something to do. And that's why he like throws it so robotically. Like, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you okay, bud? Oh, that was such a good trailer. I am I'm excited for that. It's coming out in December, apparently. Apparently it's already finished and they watched it at some of the film festivals, but yeah. they just haven't slated for December. I think it's very similar to the movie that they did. Um what was the movie they did where they went to North yeah, Korea? The interview. The done interview. for like a half a year and then they yeah. released it in December because yeah, they watched this- the same film festival. Disaster Project's been done for quite a while. I remember they were they because the filming was really short, like just like the actual movie, the whole thing is basically them goofing around in like one tiny little studio. The whole movie takes place in one tiny little studio. So I think they filmed it in like, I think 39 days or something. Wow. Yeah, it looks like they just went to a set in Hollywood and they're like, yeah. we're just going to take this set for a little while. <laughs> yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll be looking forward just to seeing that because they're, they're usually pretty fun. They're, they're not like they don't make like movies that are going Oscars or anything, but you watch it, you have a laugh and you're like, oh, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm okay with that. Um, what else? Do we have anything else in the in the chat that I missed while I was talking well, about that? Way way higher. Everybody was kind of speculating about uh, the what do we think about the attach rates of uh, Splatoon two? Do we really think that that's going to be like the new best selling Switch uh, game? No, see that's the thing because the Zelda eclipsed a hundred percent attach rate at one point. Obviously, until the Switch started selling, I think Mario Odyssey is going to have a, probably the, the biggest attach rate oh, really? if, if you discount Zelda's initial sales because they've kind of leveled off now. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Mario is it. I mean, yes, Splatoon 2 is going to have a massive attach rate in Japan, but I think Mario is like, I mean, it's Mario, it's Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that'll have the attach rate. Like that is definitely going to sell a million copies in its first day. No question. Yeah. Well, it should, a, yeah. a bunch of my real life friends who uh, who are not really gamers, as I I know a lot of people in the book business, they don't really play games. A lot of people right now are super interested in the Switch. They're seeing all this advertising, and almost everybody is being like, "The day Mario comes out, that's when it's a machine for me." So I do think we're going to see a humongous spike in Switch sales, and of course, Mario is going to fly out. It's going to be up to Nintendo to to get those Switches out. Stock. though. like, yeah. like, do we think Media Create's going to show up? this week coming up and do you think they hit 50,000 switches sold they they got to yeah yeah For yeah because, because of splatoon <laughs> there there absolutely that. was a restock by the way of switches definitely yeah. um, i cuz i i did uh people did tell me that their walmarts uh oj posted a picture at walmart i went to my walmart and uh they said that they had uh, i think they had 3k 
cases, which they said equated to about 18 switches, and they had 30 people show up. <laughs> so oh, there wow. people just didn't get them. But yeah, they yeah. were like people were in line inside Walmart for them. So they, yeah, they they, it was sell. on sale online on Best Buy for like an hour until it sell, sold out too. So that was more than their usual, you know, five they they restocked or something. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so there's a chance they pushed out another an extra 25,000 in Japan because it it hit 31,000. Was it was that 31,000 last week? Am I thinking right? Yeah. Or was it 29,000? Yeah. So there's a good chance they pushed out an extra. There's a chance they put out an extra 20 or 19,000 to hit that 50,000 mark. But they really um, need to. They need to yeah. push out as much as they can because the people can't buy the Splatoon 2 without this, having the Switch if they don't have this vice versa. So yes, yeah, yes. So they should have sold tons of accessories. That's that Splatoon 2 Pro controller sold out constantly. So um, mm -hmm. they just Splatoon is going to push sales in Japan for quite a while. Like those lotteries are going to be out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it does when Dragon Quest uh, Eleven comes out the following week too. Yeah, Jeez. but that's gonna—I mean—that's gonna be on the. Oh, you're talking about yeah, because that's gonna be on the 3DS and the um, PS4, which the 3DS version should outsell the PS4 version. Uh, I don't—I'm not um, sure because the PS4 version is outselling the 3DS version in terms of pre-orders. So I don't oh, know. Oh, is it? Know. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's so we'll, yeah. we'll see. It'll be interesting because I know there's a lot more 3DSs there than mm -hmm. PS4s by a good chunk. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's technically a different game. So I guess you go either way with it. <clears throat> but I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when that comes out on the Switch, see how that sells. Um, uh, Dragon keep, Quest Eleven. They keep talking about it on the Switch, but they haven't shown anything for it in Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They showed a lot of beautiful title cards, quiet. though. <laughs> we don't even know which version it is. Like, we feel like it's the PS4 version, but we don't know. Um, it's hard to say, but I'll be the media create sales charts are going to be very interesting going forward for the next couple weeks. So I'm, I'm actually mm -hmm. pretty excited to see them. Uh, usually we see them uh, our time in United States. Usually Tuesday night going into Wednesday we start seeing them pop up. So yeah, every time I wake up on Wednesday morning, I post them on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look for them next week, and then of course we do have. Oh, actually we have Nintendo's quarterly results coming up soon, don't we? They're um the quarterly financials. That's uh that's towards the end of July, right? That's like um we have Sony also at, next uh, week, August first. Yeah, that should be next week that we see Nintendo stuff. Isn't that like July twenty eighth or something? I'm not not the faintest. I don't have that date. That should be I'm not quite sure. Let me see quarterly report July, right? That should be when we see. It should be the end of July because when did we get the last ones? That was the the end of um. Oh, uh, was, was that June? Wasn't it? Was it? I, I don't know. When did we see them? Um, shoot, I remember hearing about them. And I'm trying to remember when. When we see them, I thought it was soonish. Um. Oh, here it is. Is this it? July. Uh. I see July 26th. Let me see if that's right. There's the schedule in, in Japanese. Well, they had their they had their shareholders meeting in yep, June July, 30th. Uh, July 26th. 2017 three months earning release oh okay it's a, yeah different so that that's in that's on japan's site so that's going to be a little different as opposed to here i'm not sure what the difference in terms of time zone or anything is for that release or when they release them but basically this week coming up we're going to see the everything about the last three months from mm -hmm. nintendo mm -hmm. so we're going to see down to the t how many switches they've actually sold worldwide yeah so we're gonna get an update from our uh, what was it? We the last number we officially saw from them was two point seven five yeah. or two point seven yeah. four million switches, right? So the the hope for for Nintendo is that they did eclipse four million switches. 
which uh, I, I'm just excited to see this just to see exactly how record-breaking these sales are going to be. Because let's face it, Nintendo's always been doing decent, but this is like, I feel like the first quarter where they are going to be murdering it. Yeah, their, their, their software sales are going to be high. They've already shown that in well, Media Create. Even MPD still shows Zelda ranking, what was that, like like six, Dave, or yeah. seven? Uh, yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and they actually gave us a, well, they gave us a number for ARMS at 256,000. Yeah. Units, which is good. That's that's actually very good for a uh, a Japanese influenced uh, new IP that mm -hmm. shows up in the United States. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah, Mario Kart Eight sold one eighty and uh, Zelda one forty five. Yep, yep. Which tells me that Mario Kart would have had to have been on sale then if it was below Zelda in the rankings somewhere. I don't know where it would have been on sale. Well, I mean it it came out it's more recently than Zelda, so you just gotta think it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, maybe people are using the Best Buy thing. I don't know because it's um it goes by revenue. People were bringing this up too because Mario came in, Mario Kart came in underneath, even though they gave us the numbers. Like I don't know if there was like some some sale for Mario Kart or something. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise sure. me. A, a lot of places I've noticed have been just trying to do uh sort of bundles like like third party bundle type of thing of like it's not an official Nintendo bundle, but they're having some sort of sale where it's like, like buy GameStop. a Switch. <laughs> yeah, well, Best Buy is what comes to mind. I think the Best Buy. I saw them doing some sort of sale of like we have ten switches and all ten that sell you get like uh, Mario Kart for twenty bucks whatever just because they're trying to get more people in the door to buy fifteen freaking Switch so, games or whatever. So we'll, we'll end the podcast with this. Um, where do you, how many units do you think the Switch has sold through June thirtieth? Because that's where their third quarter would have ended or their second quarter would have ended from, from launch. Yes, from launch. I am going to shoot in the dark and say 4.5 mil. Okay. 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 That's fair. What do you think, Evan? It's uh, Splatoon 2. Yeah, probably around 4.5, but I'd say 4.6. Well, the Splatoon 2 wouldn't be counted in that. It would be June. Oh, yeah. So it would be yeah, before that. Okay. Hmm. Yep. June 30th. Uh, so it would have been from their launch in March all the way up to now, uh, June. So, so sort of like a closest without going well, over. We know, we know, um, well, we know, <laughs> Price is right. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we know before this, these three, um, what's that, uh, uh, June, May, April, we would know that it was 2.74. So you're trying to guess how many more they've sold in the, in the three months after that. With the shortages and everything, yes, I'd, probably shoot, I'd probably shoot lower at about 4.3. Okay, okay, 4.3, sir. What do you think, Dave? From the from the actual numbers we know about from the United States and Japan, uh, Japan's 1.1 million. United States is two point or 1.6 at the end of, by the end of June or something like that. So then you add on another million or so. I would say about four million. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna come in right at uh. I'll I'll say I'll say 4.2 just because I'm trying to fit in there with everybody. I think we're write all it, the same write it all down so we get that that over under prize. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Send, down, I'll send you one of my cardboard podcast. fight sticks. <laughs> you're fighting you're sending someone's uh, the cardboards uh fight stick yeah you have a couple of those now oh yeah <laughs> um yeah so we'll leave it with that we do think it's probably above four million at least at four million at this point which honestly is good for nintendo right now considering the wii u lost all steam at this point and the mm -hmm. switch has not so mm -hmm. their benchmark right now is the wii u that's what they're focusing on right now is passing the wii u which they will by the end of the year i think they will be on target for their 10 million Mm -hmm. um, as they get more out. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get to this time next year and we're talking about, we're trying to figure this out and we're like, maybe they have 15 or 16 million. We're trying to figure this out. So, mm -hmm. and that's a big win because that means they eclipsed the 13 million of the Wii U. So, 
All right, I guess we'll call it there, guys. It was a little over two hours, but that's go. about right for per usual. So, uh, you guys, want to go down the line? Max, where can they find you, man? Uh, just youtube.com slash dreamcast guy. Uh, check out my channel. I've got a review of Fortnite coming out Monday and then a very, very awesome Sega-related secret review coming out next Friday on the 28th, which you're definitely going to see. Uh, secret review. Nice. Is it, is, it, is it a retro game? I don't, I don't know. We'll oh, have to see. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, Evan, where, where can they find you, man? I'll just drop it in chat. There you go. Anything under that name, Instagram, Twitter, Pretty much everything. You're stream. You're streaming the new uh, the new Squeenix game, aren't you? Yeah, the just another one that kind of pops up on radar. Where you're just like, how did no Dude, one tell yeah, me about this? Yeah, just popped up on Steam. Some new Square Enix game popped up it's, on Steam. It's like Square. Ago, right? It's Square Enix published the company that made it. Put it in for like uh, their publisher program, where they just hand a company a bunch of money for being awesome, and then they just. <laughs> Is it that Zodiac Children or whatever? Zodiarchs, yeah. I played That's a little what, bit yeah. of it. It feels so amazing. They, they really emailed awesome. me a copy of it, but I haven't installed it yet because I'm a you, jerk by accident. You should try it. Like, it's pretty enjoyable for a tactics game. Okay. Yeah, so Evan's going to be streaming that. So if you check him out, is it on Twitch, Evan? Yeah, it's under the same name. I'll be doing okay. it shortly after this. Yeah. Sweet. So guys, guys, go check Evan out on uh, on Twitch to, to see if you want to check that game out if you're interested. And then, uh, Dave, where can they find you, man? I encourage everybody to follow me on Twitter at smetaldave64 and on YouTube supermetaldave64, and I will have more videos in August. Yeah, you're you're so, most you're most active on Twitter, right? That's like where your thing is right now. Yeah, but uh, I will be having more videos uh, soon, and uh, so look forward to that. You're you're just you're just waiting for that uh, for that announcement, right? Since that was where your video left off. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, 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 I'm looking forward to it. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad to see that you're, you're excited about it, Dave, because that, that means it's going to be really exciting. So, <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. It's good to see that you can just tell that you have like in, in like this internal built-up excitement for whatever's coming. So uh, I'm glad that it's a big announcement, because usually when we start getting closer to the holidays, announcements start to slow down, and it's all about games. So it's, it's good to hear that that something is coming. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, guys who follow me, they know me pretty well. If I'm excited about something, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, they can tell. Good. Well, <laughs> I, I think I'll be able to spot the announcement more than likely. So um, Yeah, you will. Okay, good. Well, when that happens, I definitely want to have you back on uh, that week so we can talk about it. Okay. Is that is that possible? Can we do that? Most likely, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Okay, guys, that's that's it. Uh, that's it for tonight. Of course, this is uh, you can follow us at Spawn Wave uh, Media on Twitter, or you can subscribe here for Spawn Wave. We do this every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Max has become a regular now, Dreamcast guy for the most part, so you'll see him a lot. Evan, of course, Philip uh, had some technical difficulties tonight. He managed. He said it took hours to get his video uploaded or something, so he was fighting Jesus. that all night. Yeah, that so um, streaming was going to be very difficult for him. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I wanted to get him on here. We'll talk to him next week about it because he was at San Diego Comic-Con and had quite a bit of time with Skyrim and other Switch stuff. So on here next week as usual. So that's it for now, guys. We'll see you uh, next Saturday night, 9 p.m.